What up, nerds? TJ and Scott here for the Raising Nerds podcast, talking about our favorite nerd topics and how raising little nerds of our own is better than an entire platoon of dark troopers. How are you doing today, Scott? Better than those dark troopers. <laughs> Way better than those dark troopers. Oh my goodness, this is going to be a heck of an episode for sure. This is definitely going to be a multi-parter, uh, especially because we have a guest today. Uh, my brother Tanner is here from Texas. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. It's great to be with, here with uh, Scott and with TJ. Thank you. <laughs> so, Tanner, you are also part of the Raising Nerds Club. Absolutely. I am I am a little bit different of a nerd, and my nerds are ra- being raised a little bit different. I'm a scientist, so I'm I'm slightly different in my in my nerdiness, but TJ gives me the my boost that I need for Star Wars and filters through so I get all of the best. Oh yeah, nothing but the best. And you've got one little nerd of your own so far? Yes, we have uh, we've got our own one little nerd and one on the way. So I'm getting my practice. Oh, this it's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. When they get old enough to start watching the shows and stuff and participating and when they start figuring out nerd things that you didn't, it's it's absolutely amazing. Um so just to get it completely out of the way, I'm actually going to start off this podcast by talking about my proud nerd dad moment because it, it doesn't fit anywhere else in the entire thing <laughs> so uh we've been watching christmas carol because christmas coming up and my favorite christmas carol movie based on charles dickens is albert finney's scrooge and it, it's a musical i'm not a huge fan of musicals but this is an awesome one <laughs> and uh, believe it or not uh, sir alec guinness plays jacob marley <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, Sir Alec Guinness is obviously the uh, actor who played Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original trilogy. So we're sitting there, we're watching it, and when Scrooge goes home for the first time in the, sh- in the movie, Jacob Marley's face appears in the door, right? And my second oldest son, Jaron, says, Dad, look, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm like, what? What did you say? <laughs> He's like, oh, sorry, I thought it kind of looked like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm like... No, you don't understand. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap. You recognized Obi-Wan Kenobi in another movie dressed completely different as a ghost. All right, you know what? Okay. All right, you win. All right. It's at moments like that when you say, I have accomplished my goal as a parent. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm officially a good parent now. Well, very well done. done. (laughs) Very well done. I look forward to that day. Oh, my goodness. So, all right. Chapter 16, The Rescue. All right. Are you guys still freaking out? Yeah. yeah. Understatement, but yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't I, I don't know where to go from here because that was top, that topped everything I could have ever imagined or hoped for. Ever. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Like, oh, oh, man. All right. Let's, let's just jump in. <laughs> So, we start off the episode previously on The Mandalorian. We get, we get tons of flashbacks. We get Bo-Katan, uh, Dr. Pershing talking about the M-Count. You cowards, just say it. Uh, Ahsoka's <laughs> instructions for Tython. The Razor Crest getting destroyed. Well, I don't know why they included that. That was just mean. That was. That didn't really affect the episode at all. No, it didn't. It was just like a, a twist of the knife to me. You know what? Let's just <laughs> blow it up again. Ugh. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're proud of their work. The the graphics are incredible on that. Oh, I mean, absolutely. The, the outer shell of the ship, like, melted from the heat of the explosion. <laughs> it, was, it was impressive. 
Um, but then the Dark Troopers and Mando giving the speech back to Moff Gideon. Uh, I, I call it the comeuppance speech. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're in for it now. Um, did any of this give you any clue what was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, you know, we it's, we already knew it was coming, a lot of the stuff. So I felt like a lot of it was just kind of like, this is what's happened in the last season. Just to kind of, for those who... May have forgotten anything. Yeah, you know, those other not people. Us. Cause yeah, not a, <laughs> ingrained in my head. I knew half, everything. Half of me wants to skip it because oh, yeah. I'm like, oh no, I, I don't want to spoil it because uh-huh. it's gonna it's gonna give me the points that I need to know. Uh-huh. But it's also gonna be like telling you what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but for you, Tanner, you actually watched. You binge watched. The entire season in two days. (laughs) Yes, I did. I watched the entire season in two days. And it was... I felt like it was actually helpful. Binge watching it was... It was a little bit of a marathon. But I feel like it helped me pull out the pieces that were going to be most important for the next 45 minutes. I was really able to focus in and pull aside from anything else that I might try and make too many uh, conclusions jumping between... And really focus on, okay, this is what I need to be most concerned about. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good point. Like, you don't have to remember who Mayfeld was from no. the last episode. Uh, you, you don't, yeah. There's So it does really kind of hone you in and say, okay, now when you're going into this, just remember these parts. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And obviously that's why they have it at the beginning. But even, so, whether you're watching it as they come out or, like me, binge-watching it, I, I felt like it served its purpose, and okay. I, I didn't feel like there were any spoilers, personally. Gotcha. Uh, I didn't feel like there were any either. It felt like a very good reminder thing until I was watching the episode, until a very specific point, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I couldn't remember how this episode opened. I thought it opened with Mando and Boba approaching Bo-Katan, but wow. that's not how it starts. It starts wow. with... Uh, Slave One attacking an Imperial shuttle, a Lambda class shuttle. <laughs> oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Anybody tired of seeing uh, Slave One on screen? No. No. <laughs> I'll no. never tire of that shit. Uh, that that was that was possibly one of the most extraordinary moments when I saw that fly, when I saw it fly in. I was I was flipping out. <laughs> well, everybody knows who that is, right? Was yeah, there... oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, uh, wait, 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 what? <laughs> So Tanner, you haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels or anything. I have not. So, so I'm, I'm, I feel I feel a little silly sometimes as I was watch, as I was binge watching with TJ. I would periodically have to ask, okay, do I need to know who this is? Should I be recognizing this person? And, and TJ was very gracious in letting me know. Okay, this is who that is. Oh, okay, there we go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But so. I was I knew enough. I know enough that I would recognize Slave One, and I got very excited. Yeah. So. Oh, it was so good. Uh, the shuttle is a classic Star Wars shuttle. Oh, absolutely. Instantly Imperial. We don't have to guess who's inside it. We, we know it's going to be Imperials. And we see Dr. Pershing, the cloning yes. doctor that we saw from the first season who captured helped work on Baby Yoda, who we now know is named Groku, but we're going to waffle back and forth between all the different names because... That's just, we've known him for over a year as Baby Yoda, and they can't expect us to just change overnight. (laughs) 
I listen to some podcasts that are very specific. It's like Grogu, and they, every time they mention him, it's Grogu, and I'm like, just it, it'd be easier to say Baby Yoda sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I could I could hear you hesitate. You hesitate. You hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So uh, they come in, and they're being chased, and it shows us inside the Lambda class shuttle, which we we haven't seen a lot of inside of the uh, cockpit there. I think the only time, other time we've been in there is in uh, Return of the Jedi, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Hmm. So, oh, did we see some of Rebels? Ben's in here whispering. <laughs> He's like, Rebels too, Rebels too, by the way. Ben's our, Ben's the youngest person <laughs> that uh, we allow in the room while we podcast, and so he has the better memory of all of us. Yes. Sorry for the pounding. I have small children upstairs, so... <laughs> Those little nerds, they're too excited for Christmas, I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, so what did you guys think of those Imperial pilots? It was interesting to see the contrast in their belief in the Empire. They're, you know... Well, one like, of them anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, it goes back to a couple of our other episodes where we talked about how some of the people you would say working for the Empire are just trying to make the money. And you could see, it seemed like one of them was very much the, you know, I'm just, this is my job, I'm doing it to do it. And then the other one was very much like, this is order. This is, the Empire is what the galaxy needs. So it was really cool to see the, the contrast, especially because we've been talking about it and bringing it up. They've been really, I think, showing that not everyone in the Empire is as evil as, you know, the movies led us to believe. Right, and... Yeah, every single Imperial was a bad guy in the movies. Yeah. Every time. But some people are just trying to feed their families, and we've talked about that before mm-hmm. on the podcast. But, man, this this one pilot, he is all in on it. Yeah. And at first he sees Mando, and he is slightly aggressive. But then then Kara uh, Cynthia Dune comes in, <laughs> and he yeah. loses it. He does. He just goes off. And it's so funny to me because the perspective, like, in the beginning, he's like, man, Pershing's like, shouldn't we fight him or something? And the guy's like, I don't have a death wish. And then fast forward to him talking to Karen Dune, it's like, um, I think you do, actually. I think you do have a death wish. Because you're a moron. Why are you still talking? Like, what? Really, stop talking. You're just getting worse and worse. And but it was interesting to see his perspective when he talked about how you know, he's like, "Do you got? Do you understand how many millions of people died on those stations?" Where it's like it didn't even click. Him also talking about blowing up Alderaan, an entire planet, register. He's with like, hundreds of millions, if not fine. billions of people. It's fine because they're terrorists. And so in his mind, he's like, Alder- "You killed innocent people who were on the Death Star, and your planet is a small price to pay for that." It's interesting to see his. Yeah, but Alderaan was like was a peaceful planet. They, don't have they any didn't weapons. have weapons. Yeah, like they were mostly political enemies yeah. to the Empire and to the Emperor. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't solve things with violence. Now, granted, the uh, we can discuss the Organa family <laughs> and how they used their influence <laughs> to finance rebellions and things like that. Yeah, finance the violence. Um, but yeah, Alderaan was a hundred percent a peaceful planet who politically opposed the empire that was it and this guy he had been led to believe his entire life that, that was a planet full of terrorists yep and uh, that's the power of propaganda that's that's why you need a free press mm-hmm. right that's why the united states has lasted this long 
<laughs> that, that's fair. <laughs> um, is the ability of people to be able to walk out and say, hey, here is a thing, this isn't right, or here is a person doing something wrong who was trusted and being able to move on from there. Uh, yeah, the dude definitely had a death wish. Oh, the shot of Slave One coming in front of the windscreen. Oh, yes. That, <laughs> well, that was pretty neat. Talking about that. Wow. What could be more intimidating than that? I'm like, he is I was really scared. close to their ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. I was terrified. If you look carefully, Just you can it come see up. Boba. Yes. It, I, through I the have glass, looked like, really close. You can see him in the ship. That's how close they were. If he didn't have his mask on, you could probably see his eyes. The whites of his eyes. Yeah, That's how close prob- he was. Yeah. Oh, goodness. He hits him with an ion charge, which I thought was a blast. But I'm... Which was so fun because in Battlefront 2, every time I fly Slave 1, I'm dropping seismic charges. I'm ion cannoning everybody in sight. It's so much fun. And to see them include those little details, like, uh, oh, he's got, of course he's got ion cannons. And then just charge him up. I'm, pew, and disable their ship. It's like, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, I know Kylo Ren hated it when I disabled his ship in Battlefront 2. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got all kinds of stuff to keep him alive. But if you're ioned, you can't yeah, access any kinda, of those systems. <laughs> um, yeah. So this dude, he, he just... Oh, he really did believe everybody on Alderaan was a terrorist. Um, and Cara Dune warns him more than once. Stop it. <laughs> That's Drop enough. Weapon. Like, last warning. <laughs> yeah, he's using Dr. Pershing's leverage. Really, he, He's trying to. Trying to. <laughs> and had he just stopped there, he might have gotten better deal. Yeah, he might have been but, able to like been let go. Yep. He just kept going. Yeah, he he found that death wish he was looking yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that hornet's nest. And uh, it ended with a shot in the face. Yeah, we don't even see it. No, <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> because how do you how do you show a laser blast to the face in a um, PG leaning on thirteen? <laughs> just like that. Stop. Yes, just us. exactly, That's just how. like that. Doctor Pershing holding his ear, going ah. I'm sure that and hurt. Him gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly yeah. how you do it. I mean, I, I mean, to me, I was, I just expected his head, whole head to be gone. In oh, my mind, I'm yeah. like, that just, it's gone. The whole thing. That's that's always possible. It those those blasts uh, should do some damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they walk out of the room. And uh, Tanner, you had a good point. Uh, about that scene and how it might affect Mando. Yeah, Mando Mando does this very interesting thing where he looks back and he he he's essentially looking at the camera but not at the camera. And he, <laughs> he's looking at Kara and he's uh he he kind of has this interesting stance where and it makes me wonder what what does this interaction with this pilot have on on Mando? How does that impact him? And his choices later on in the movie, and how he views kind of this whole interaction. You know, you you bring up the points that we we like to think we make during this podcast, but in the end, we always <laughs> just end up nerding out about all the cool stuff. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Mando, he sees Cara Dune. She gives him warnings, even after he's mouthing off like crazy about millions of people, everyone she knew being destroyed, and he only recognizes her because of the uh, rebel rebel symbol teardrop. 
Yes. Next to her face. Yeah, Mark Shore is an, someone from Alderaan, though. Cause yes, that's, well, that's like, what he mentioned. I know you're from Alderaan. I saw the teardrops. I like, saw it, the teardrops. It's a, a, some kind of a homage to Alderaan. Yeah, which was so funny because remember in the first season, they said, hey, people will recognize you as a drop trooper, cover up those stripes. Yeah. And it was the stripes on her arm. Like, not the freaking rebel symbol <laughs> on her face. Yeah, I guess not worried about that. And that makes sense. Now we know what that symbolized. The, yeah. the rebel teardrop was Alderaan, was mm-hmm. a symbol of, of being from Alderaan. And the, the stripes on her arm are the dropper stripes. And so that's why he identifies her as a dropper. He can read so much about her by what what she has chosen to put as tattoos on her body, which, yeah. you know what? Uh, uh, that's really true. I mean, uh, people say don't judge by appearances, but... We choose our appearances yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, and so, yes, I can judge you by your appearance. <laughs> I, I know. I know. When, it's, when, when it's that We shouldn't only you, yes. judge by that, but those are first impressions. Scott is wearing a Grogu and IG-11 <laughs> nurse and protect with his blasters out, blowing the crud out of stuff. Uh, yeah, no, we can tell he's a Star Wars fan, he's a Mandalorian fan, and he has good taste. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Tanner, you're wearing a Stonemeyer shirt. Uh, yes, I am. That uh, says, I'm a gamer. Yeah, I, I love board games. Gamer. I'm a heavy board gamer. I, I love board games, and nothing says that quite like a almost neon orange <laughs> t-shirt with a giant hexagon, right? <laughs> That's what it is. Perfect. And I... I'm a slob. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're just dressed. You're your great dad working hard. That's what I see there. I'm a hard worker. That's, I'm also your brother, so I, I've seen you for so long, I, I can't help but think this, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, uh, so, sorry, I know this is a little divergent, but I, I, I maintain <laughs> that when we see someone for the first time, what they have chosen to present, present themselves to the world as, we, we can judge some things by them. We can't judge everything by that. But we can say, oh, you've made these decisions in your life. If someone has tattoos, we say, oh, you chose those tattoos for, I may not know the reason, but you've chosen to do that. So I know that you have a particular mindset about tattoos. You probably are okay with getting tattooed. (laughs) And how much of that? I think that's all right. No, absolutely. How much does that play into the entire world of Star Wars in so Mm -hmm. many ways? If someone's wearing Beskar armor, immediately everyone says they're a Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, we look at... We, we saw that in the Marshall episode. Yes, I love where... it. Yeah. Vanth, he's like, yeah. I saw you as a Mandalorian. I figured you were only one of us is going to walk out of here, but then I saw the kid. Maybe I had you pegged, diff- pegged wrong. And so his opinion of someone changed based on what he saw as the person before he'd even talked to him. Yep. He had already flipped his opinions. I mean, look at the Imperial officer, like the Imperial armor too. I mean, yeah. you see Stormtrooper armor and you know you work for the Empire yep. or the Imperial you know the officer's armor you are an officer who works for the Empire which for most people means you're bad yeah but oh man that, that just let me down a rabbit hole for a second Gideon wears armor all the time yes yes even when he's not in battle yeah does yes. he need it maybe Ooh. Oh, he's, he's got to it's got some robotic stuff on it I wonder is he trying to harvest... Oh, he's trying to harvest baby Yoda's blood so that he can get force powers so that he can stay alive. 
That's possible. I would not put it past him. Boom! <laughs> I just solved it. I solved it. There it, it is. Uh, there Season we go. three of The Mandalorian. It's all over. Yeah, <laughs> that was no, easy. That happens. That you, know, you spoiled everything. Oh, rats. <laughs> no, it's going to get to a point where Mando's going to have to decide what to do with the blood that he has there. He's going to eject himself with it and end up with force powers and lead everyone. He's going to be the new Mandalorian Jedi. That'd be cool. Anyway. Ah, <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> if the blood gave you force powers, I'd hope they'd have done that sooner. Uh, yeah, well, they're experimenting with it, right? That's true. <laughs> mm. we'll they're going to figure that. it out. Well, Pershing's Moff Gideon figure already it. figured it out. Well, at least what he needed. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my we'll, gosh. we'll get to that. Yeah, we will. We, 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 we. All right, so after they take <laughs> Dr. Pershing, they go to a factory planet. I couldn't find the name of the planet anywhere. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I didn't do a ton of research. I'm like, honest, I was factory planet, out about how six fast <laughs> that Slave 1 moves. It's, it's ability to turn and it's speed just blew me away as they're watching. It just zooms past. and It's just, the more in the, the TV show, this episode you watch, the more you see just how well Boba knows how to fly that ship. Oh, it's second nature. It's, yeah. uh, you could almost say it's in his DNA. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of DNA, we walk into a bar to find Bo-Katan. And I got to tell you, when, when Mando and Boba walk in and it shows just the two of them in screen, Facing the same direction and stuff. I, I was just, I was getting yeah. out. I loved that. <laughs> well, I realized if you want to intimidate anybody, you got to do that. I feel like I need to do that now. You get into the doorway and then you stop. Stop. You, and out you stand the area, there. And then you move forward. Yeah. <laughs> you know where everyone He's is. He's done everywhere he walks into, basically. That's what Mando does. He walks in, stops, looks around, and then he moves. It's like, Hey, he means business. Yeah, he's. Uh, it reminds me of the Bourne identity when uh, Jason Bourne is always yeah. aware of everyone in the room. Yep. And uh, and that's what he does. He walks in, he cases it, be, you know, pegs anybody who could be a potential threat, yeah. and uh, moves on from there. Uh, so he spots Bo-Katan and Costa Reeves. Where the heck is Axe Wolves? Not said. It's not mentioned. He's... Nope. He's just he's just off somewhere else. You know what probably happened? He had to go to the bathroom. And well, he came back terrible out. time. They did stuff. <laughs> Where'd gone. you guys go? And he's just like, uh, I'm still here. That's probably what happened. He's the one who had to pay for the bill for everything. That oh happened. crud! Yeah, and they broke some tables oh, and stuff. Man. Oh, that's terrible. And he's gonna be washing dishes for a while. Yeah, poor guy. That's where he was this whole episode washing dishes. He ended up washing dishes because he, Bo-Katan had the wallet. Oh. <laughs> or his wallet was in the ship. Like, right, I didn't know I was paying. <laughs> Although, I, did they leave the gauntlet, which is the name of her ship? Is it? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's a gauntlet. Oh, nice. At least that's what it was. I only mentioned. know it as a Mandalorian Star Wars. Yeah, it's known as a gauntlet. Um, but gauntlet Star Wars. based on what we saw, it was just the two ships. So I'm going to say that they left the gauntlet there. Oh. Um, so, so I guess he's like, well, I I guess I'll see you guys at Disney. I guess, yeah. He's just like, well, I'll just <laughs> Disney World. Maybe he'll just chill on the ship. Yeah, he's like, hey, hey, did you guys? I did miss me? him though. <laughs> to be honest, I, I missed him. I'm like, what? Oh, come on, he was cool. He was really cool. I liked him a lot. He was really funny in the, the episode we saw him in the the heiress. Yeah, he was funny, and so I did miss yeah, him. But but yeah. it was still fun to see Bo-Katan and Casca Reeves. And they walk in, and Mando asks them for help, and they're like, not all of us are bounty hunters. Mm -hmm. Some of us serve a higher purpose. It's like, oh, man, that's so snooty. Yeah, she's still kind of <laughs> high and mighty. Man, the whole episode. She did. Like, And very, even in, even when I think about the Eris episode, she did the exact same thing. She was totally proper, very, manipulating him uh -huh. 
and treating him like garbage. And I'm yeah. like, I, I don't know if she's a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> she's up there with the, um, the forger. The, I just forgot what the she's armor? called. Yeah, the armor. Yeah. Up there, like, is she good or is she not good? Yeah, yeah, we have that question now. Now, Bo-Katan's like that, too. Like, you're kind of mean. She is mean, and she's very driven for power. Like, exactly. even when Mandel says, we have his location. So she says, well, who took Grogu? Uh, Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. And she's like, well, you'll Sorry. never find him. He's like, we have his location. Yeah. She, She's like, and she doesn't say, you know where he is. She says, you can take me to him. It's like, yeah. just, well, that's very assumptive. Yeah, that's just very... <laughs> Very yes, very self-serving. Very much concerned with her own agenda, which is very yeah. that that's very noble. Much, yeah, it's uh, noble trying to retake her planet that the Empire took. Yes, but the way that she's going about it is not a is not a heroic way to do that. But I mean, she wasn't heroic in uh, in Cormors. Ah, she uh, she was Death Watch. Yeah, she was. She was mm. anti-government. Yep. Basically, no, they were terrorists. They were, str- they were Death terrorists. straight <laughs> up terrorists. True. They straight up killed people yeah. on Mandalore in order to do exactly what the... Oh my gosh, what the guy was talking about. They created the need for order through terrorism Yeah. and then offered that solution mm. uh, to maintain order. And Mandalore that's exactly what Death them. Watch did. Yeah. Where do you think... Maybe that's the empire where they learned it from. <laughs> well, Palpatine was already like... 50 steps into That's his plan. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. He, he'd already That's started the Clone Wars. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, yeah. Um, uh, I think Maul is the one who pushed Death Watch through to that path. So yeah. he, he's definitely stolen from Palpatine. Well, he was kind of in on the plan for his now, small purpose. Now, Bo-Katan doesn't know who Boba Fett is. No. When he comes in. No. And then when she kind of gives him some, some guff about going to find him and not being able to find Gideon, he says, we don't need these two. And that's when Bo-Katan goes, she, you're not a Mandalorian. She recognizes his voice. She recognizes his voice. voice. I've heard it a thousand times. Mine might be the last oh. one you hear. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's prophetic. I really do. <laughs> Boba is one, just every time he says something. Because like, that's right. Yeah. Right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's so great. And she, what she doesn't know, though, is that he is not a production clone. No. He is an individual clone who was raised by Jango. She doesn't know that's that. That's true. That's true. And that's why she gives him crap about, you mean your donor? And she's like, huh, oh, you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And then Koska gives him crap. He's like, I didn't know sidekicks were allowed to talk. <laughs> and then... Did you hear what Boba said back? I heard it's. I had to close caption. Line. Yeah, what? I had to close caption. He says, "Well, that's like calling the the quackta calling the stifling slimy." <laughs> <laughs> and at first, I thought he was speaking a different language. Like I yeah, couldn't so understand it at all. But then, then he says it, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, that is so funny!" Because Cosca Reeves is totally the sidekick of Boca. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't know psychics could talk. You're like, oh really, really, really sidekick? You're gonna call me, you're gonna call me out on that? Yeah, it was interesting to see how much, um, like she was. You know, we talk about how Bo-Katan was already. She's kind of high and mighty, kind of snooty, mm-hmm. and then when she hears Boba talk, just how much more she is. She's so demeaning to him. Oh yeah. So much like, and you know, it's it seems like it's because he's a clone. 
You know, she's like, you're not even yeah. like a real person. You're just yeah a car a copy, and you know. And plus, they worked for the empire once. Yeah. Once the uh, republic fell. Yeah. And so I was actually I was curious because you know when she was talking about you know you're not a real Mandalorian, I was kind of you know when he's like you know this armor belonged to my father, I did a little more digging into like his father and stuff like that. Yeah. That I mean, from what I see, it seems like it might be legends, so it may mm. not be exactly canon, but it's very interesting. I wrote down the two names. Django Fett was a foundling, like we know. Mm. He was trained by a guy named Jester Muriel, oh. who, he's basically the one side of the Mandalorian, the Civil War. He fought against Tor Vizsla. Oh. So Tor Whoa, Vizsla, wait. yeah. No. Yep. Tor Vizsla killed Jester because... Jester wanted more of the order. He wanted to kind of have the Mandalorians be not so crazy. And Tor Vizsla <laughs> was very much like, oh, we should just be outlaws. We can do whatever we want. We can take what we want. So Tor kills Jester, and that is Jango Fett's mentor. I think time-wise that doesn't make sense anymore. Does it not? Because the Darksaber is an ancient weapon. Tor Vizsla, he was the... One That's who true. built the dark saber. That's a good point. So I think timeline wise, it maybe doesn't won't make any sense anymore. anymore. Point is, because <laughs> they're the, on opposite yeah. sides, yeah. like we talked about. They're on yes. opposite sides of the civil war. So yeah. um, Bo-Katan and mm-hmm. Boba Fett are opposite sides of that civil war. Yes, and that and we had talked about before that Jango Fett lost his side that he was yeah. on did lose the civil war and all their records of any foundlings that they had uh, mm-hmm. brought in were lost. And so that's why they wouldn't have records of Django. They'd say, I don't know where he got that armor. That's right. why we thought for a long time, he wasn't actually a Mandalorian. Right. Come to find out he is now. So yeah, for sure. So I'm going to say her, her, um, accusing him of not being a Mandalorian. is just because he's a clone. Yes. So it's yeah. Even really, even though he's the exact same thing as Jango Fett, so you could argue that he's biologically definitely a Mandalorian. But he never took the creed or anything, <laughs> which is true. Um, his father was killed by a Jedi, though. Yeah. So I think he may be more pure Mandalorian than any of them. Yeah, that's a good point. Like he hates the Jedi. Yeah, uh, which uh, we'll get into about that too in a little bit. About <laughs> Boba and the Jedi. Uh, yeah, there's there there are some really convenient plot things that happen yeah. to avoid that. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm excited which to I'm talk sure about. Which I'm sure got brought up, and Dave Filoni's like, "Well, that won't uh, work." Well, this is going to really mess things up yeah. if we do this. So yeah. let's just have Boba do this. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, sorry. Anyway. So Bo-Katan agrees to go on in exchange for the cruiser. And for Mando reconsidering joining the Mandalorian cause. Yes. Uh, ma- uh, <laughs> Did you notice that WWE move that Costco Reeves does on Jane Which on one? Boba? When she runs up the side of the, yes, and activates the pillar the and pack. totally pulls him down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, very WWE of you. Which <laughs> I wonder if Cara Dune gave her a little bit of... <laughs> well, she's a WWE star. The actress. Costco? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know uh, that. Mercedes, she has a no. different... Sasha Banks is her name in uh, WWE. Okay. Mm. But her, her I think her real name is Mercedes... I forget Something. her last name. Okay. But yeah, wow. so, so it's interesting that, you know, she's a WWE star. Yeah. You know, Cara Dune is a UFC fighter. 
Yeah. Um, Ooh. Ming Na Wen, you know she knows some sort of martial there's, arts there's, in real life. She she does a lot of stuff that so, makes you go. What? As you think about it, like <laughs> these awesome. act, you know, they as they are able to incorporate things about you know you'd say their past, right? Um, into their their characters, it was really cool. So when I saw her run up the side of that pillar and pull it down, I was like, that was very yeah. She you know, already knew how to do that. Yeah, I was like, she <laughs> knew how to do that one. Okay. That was cool. I did have a couple issues with her fight with Boba. Uh, cause I always have issues when I see somebody who is a small, lightweight person take on somebody who's much larger and heavier than them and mm-hmm. kick their butt. Yeah. Um, like, there, there are only a few strategies that you have. You can redirect their uh, their momentum. You can, uh, you know, trip them. You can try to off-balance them. You're quicker, more agile. Um, so there were a couple of times when I went, oh, I don't know if she would have been able to flip Boba Fett over just <laughs> like that. Um, but then when she was using the jetpack going around, I'm like, okay, that you would need to do that to get yeah. the momentum and the extra force. Which we've seen she is, her. She is like half the size of Boba. But also, he's, he's got dad bod Boba. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, but there were a few things that she's done that, um, in the other one where she may be stronger than she looks. She rips the lid off of the cradle of the child. That's true. With no effort. She just rips it off. That makes me wonder if Mandalorians have like stronger are just in general stronger physically. Like yeah. They have a genetic advantage. And since uh, Jango was a foundling and not a genetic Mandalorian, yeah, like, that's why strong. Boba didn't necessarily yeah. grow in that same that's way. That's why when uh, he shoots okay, the cord around her arm and she's got the strength to pull out, I was like, well, yeah, she ripped oh, that yeah, lid that off. That was one so, of the parts that yeah, I struggled I like, with. If she's able to rip that lid off, I could see her holding her own against Boba, okay. who's definitely bigger than him. Maybe more dense muscles and yeah. bones and things like yeah. that. So just maybe that's different why. biology from mm-hmm. different planets. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's why Wookiees are so freaking strong, even yeah. though they're... I mean, Chewbacca's actually pretty skinny. He's kind of a twig, yeah. Yeah, but then he can rip your arm out of his socket. Yeah, You're talking about <laughs> tendons, ligaments, I mean, Bone, everything, everything, just, everything, just ripping it all yeah. off. It's like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, so, so that might be It why. must be a biological issue. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll watch it differently next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely differently. Um, she talks about how the Mando disgraces the armor and all that stuff. They have their little fight, but then they end up joining him. Because, of course, they're going to. Yeah, she, It's the last she, episode of the season. And she wants Moff Gideon. <laughs> oh, yeah. She will not. Now she won't let Mando have her sight now that he knows where Gideon is. Exactly. So they come up with a plan, and Dr. Pershing helps. Yes, he does. I am confused by that, man. First, the first season, I thought he was a good guy. Then fourth episode of this season, I'm, uh, what is that, chapter 12? Chapter 11? Yes. One of those. Something. Uh, Yeah, it's the siege. Um, He goes, he's talking about using Grogu for his blood. Right. And how he's experimenting on it and stuff and how they need more. And I'm like, man, I don't know if this guy's a good guy. But then in this one, he's totally helping. Yes. Um, In my opinion, he's one of those people who, like Galen Erso has knowledge mm. and the Empire wants him to use it and so he's forced yeah. to to do it. I would think maybe he's you know, they're like, you're an asset that we need and so you do this or we kill maybe someone you know and so he's not really loyal to the Empire. Mm. As you know, many times he's like, you know, should we fight back? We? He doesn't know and he's he's just he's a scientist like Galen Erso was. Yeah. It's exactly he's a scientist 
Do you, do you so know Galen or something? Does that make sense? I, I do not. No. That, that name, I'm like, who's this? Rogue One. He's the guy who built the flaw into the Death Star. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yes. So he's the one who worked inside and, and figured that out. And and developed the flaw. So that's what he's okay. thinking Dr. Pershing is like. And I would highly agree with that. That's what, that's the feeling that I get, is that okay. he, he is he's just a scientist. He's doing his work. We see that, how he protects... Uh, Baby Yoda. <laughs> That's fine. I'll just stick with we, Baby Yoda. We, 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 <laughs> we, we see that in the, in season one when he's he's trying to protect Baby Yoda from Mando as he comes barging in yes. to rescue him. That's right. So we yes. see yes. that. That's we theory. see that from him, from I've Dr. Pershing. And so I really see that he he's very humane. He's He definitely has that side to him. So I, where he, I really feel like he is genuinely helping because he has a concern for the greater good. I think he recognizes the Empire for what it is. Mm-hmm. I think he absolutely sees it as evil. And like like Scott, you were saying, he wants to do the right thing, but has to have a certain level of self-preservation. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. I will not, you know, I won't, I won't have you just kill me, but... But I'll 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 go along and try and do some good along the way. And I mean, he did say, as you point out, in season one, he says, "I'm the only reason he's still alive." He's yes. the only reason Grogu was still alive. He, he does try to get the bonus points. So yes. from Mando. Yeah. Like, Don't kill me. I, I, I saved you. Yeah. Which so I, yeah. So oh, we know that we know that he stays back. We know that he stays back with Boba. As, as far as we can tell, <laughs> we kind of assume we don't see him after after we we dock into the Imperial. Yeah, so he is in binders to start with, yes. but he uh, he he starts helping, and at first they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna listen to you because you're an Imperial," and it's always Cara Dune. She always has this super negative opinion of every single person in she the does. Empire. I mean, the Empire killed everyone <laughs> she knew and loved, so it's kind of understandable that she's like, "Nope." I don't even care anymore. You wear Imperial uniforms, you die. Yes. <laughs> I don't care. Yep. But uh, with Bo-Katan, she, she will take information from any source. Yes. And so she's like, well, no, let's listen to what he has to say. And so she comes in and goes, and he, he gives them detailed instructions very and good. information yes. on Gideon's ship. And like, he's very con- he's very conscientious about, those aren't just dark troopers. Those, you know, there's some... Those aren't suits. That's not armor. That's that's They're, third generation. Those are droids that you're going to be going oh against. Oh gosh, I love I loved when Mando asked it. It's like, how many troopers are wearing that armor, and he, how many troopers do they have in those suits? And he said, mm, "Well, the human element was the last thing that needed to be solved. <laughs> so these are third generation. They're full droids now. It's like, oh crud. And droids are unfeeling, but they're also they're incorruptible. They cannot be bribed. However, they require power, which apparently is too much to keep them powered up all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, I mean, wh- is it too much to keep, like, one or two powered up? It must be. <sighs> really? <laughs> I would, I would lean towards no, but I well, also think about don't how much think... power you've pulled from those guys. They're huge. And yeah, that's true. They probably suck a lot of power. So. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I was, I was just going to say, <laughs> there's not really a need to have one or two on on patrol, right? Yeah. Even with just a skeleton crew, you're going to be okay. And it doesn't really take that long to get them activated. That's true. Yeah, that's if you point. do run into trouble, how long does it really take? Yeah, that's that's a very good point. And the only reason why they didn't get out and really do some damage against our invaders here is because 
one of them was sneaking around and was able to shut it down before right. they got out. Um, well, kind of. <laughs> I hate to backtrack. Oh, yeah, sure. But I just looked it up, and the creator of the Darksaber is Ter Vizsla. Not Ter. Tor Vizsla. Not Tor Vizsla. Okay, mm. so, okay. Same Thank family, you. different Sorry. people. Okay. So. I think I'm going to have to go back in time to some previous episodes and amend my, my statements. <laughs> kind of like how I make fun of Amanda not being a dad. Well, we'll get to that. I got some stuff to talk about for that one. Man, I really gorkerish that up. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I couldn't help it. I'm like... Yeah, that works. <laughs> that works for a second. Um, but anyway. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. No, no, absolutely. Oh, man. Scott's our research man. He's, he's the king. Fact check. Uh, no, no creatures in this one? No. No, no creatures. I saw. I, I, no. I, nope. Just little old Grogu. Yeah, not even the one of uh, Costa Reeves eating off. Like, whatever that squid thing was. There's nothing in this one, I think. Nope. Sorry. Didn't I have just, time. Uh, I just remembered the, the end of the episode, and I'm kind of having chills. Oh, where are we? <laughs> oh. we'll, we'll get there. Well, oh, we gosh. still need to. We still need to talk. So they've made the plan. They've they've made the, they've, they've we made the plan to get there. <laughs> we're we're, we're not still even. on our way. We're already no. how far in? And we're ten minutes in <laughs> to the episode, and yeah. we are forty-two minutes in. There you go. Okay. Okay, but this is the season finale, guys. This, yeah. Like, if we got to split this up into three, I'm totally fine to do that because. I agree. We're, you know what? We're just gonna keep going, and we're gonna we're gonna get this done. Yeah. Because there's so much to talk about, and we're excited, and we're also very saddened at the ending of season two. Yes. Um. So now, they've made the plan, and they travel to Gideon's ship. And Tanner, what do I keep bringing up every time? <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> it doesn't matter. There uh, are two ships in the same hyperlink. Yep. It's, two ships this is so cool. Time. Think about this. This if you can have two ships in the same line, what what possibilities does that open up? Uh, can you attack somebody in the same hyperspace lane? No. Can you launch lasers at it them? Makes, well, oh, do they travel fast enough? I don't know. Like when you launch them, do they continue in that speed at the same speed at which you launch them off, or do they no, die off? They don't. You're right. Because we see any time the hyperdrive turns off, the entire ship falls out of hyperspace. You have to have an active hyperdrive in order to stay in hyperspace. Yeah. So I don't think you can fire laser blasts in hyperspace. I also don't think you could launch missiles be- unless the missile has hyperdrive. <laughs> because in order for it, it to stay in hyperspace, hyper- it would just fall out of true. hyperspace. And then you'd have a missile just traveling in the middle of the Some night. random missile just <laughs> comes out of nowhere. And, and hits Luke's home on Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew were still inside. Oh, oh man. Maybe, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> I saw the funniest meme this week. It was uh, uh, Luke and Owen coming out of the, the hut. And Owen says, man, it's so hot out here. I'm burning up. <laughs> and Luke says, not yet. <laughs> I'm like, that's so bad. Oh, and I laughed so hard. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So, they're traveling in the same hyperspace lane. That's a big deal to me. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of Star Trek, the yeah. latest one, where yes. they are able to travel and, and actually Catch attack up. in yeah, hyperspace. Attack. And that's because it's a it's a dimensional thing yes. in Star Trek. Whereas in Star Wars, it seems to be... They're still technically in real space. They're just manipulating it somehow. Right. Because they're traveling through that space. It's just... Right. 
It's, it's, it's weird. So they come out of hyperspace and they're, they're able to communicate they in hyperspace. Too. Yeah. Holy cow. It's we, they're talking to each other. Yeah, the ships can communicate still, so they must be traveling at that same speed in order to communicate. Yes, but I guess uh, I guess the waves of energy from a radio possibly maintain their velocity. Hey, maybe, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Interesting they're really close. Boba continues to call Bo-Katan princess. I love that. Which, you know. Yeah, princess. Uh, <laughs> he may see her as royalty. Well, possibly. yeah. Well, or it's just you know either. a she is kind of acting like a princess. Kind of <laughs> Very intense. It feels more like a dig in it's my true. in my opinion, in my uneducated and opinion. It's but he does wish him good luck. And he tells does. Him to be and tells him to be safe, and he also calls hyperspace jump space. Yeah. He says you, you know prepare to exit jump space. Yeah. Interesting that he called it that. Yeah, that's cool. So. Oh, that is a new that is a new hmm. term. That's gonna be fun. Just new things to call things. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that Star Wars doesn't care as much about what you call things. No. Not really Everything not. has a new name, ladies Well, I mean, sword. they add words all the time. Like McClunky. Yeah. Quacta. <laughs> or Quacta Quresh. calling the stiffly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, those, that's a name. That's a Fair name. enough. That's a name. Yeah. Na- names don't count as new words to me. In a lot of ways, that helps you get a little more into the story, though, doesn't it? Is oh, that it there's, not, there's not a universal education. No, it's all Jedi different. are going to be like, yeah, this is a lightsaber. Of course, Jedi will know what it's called. Everybody else is going to be like, what's with your laser well, sword? Well, it's a laser sword. I mean, that's the easiest explanation for it. Oh, absolutely. It looks like a laser. It looks like a sword. They're laser, and they're using it like a sword. Perfect. Laser I see sword. nothing wrong with this. True. <laughs> so she says, make your shots look look convincing. Put up your shields, princess. <laughs> I'll put on a good show. Man, I gotta learn how to do my boba again. I I did it really good that first one, and I yeah. kind of lost it. At least in my ear. So they come out of hyperspace, and I just hear those beautiful sounds of those lasers. Ah, oh, yeah. The slave mm. one lasers—they have a distinct sound, and I absolutely love it. And I just can't get over it. Uh, come out of hyperspace, and Bo-Katan calls out on the comms to Gideon's cruiser. That they're under, under attack. attack. They need an emergency landing. And I pointed it out, and I think you agreed with me, right, Danny? Yes, Goff or <laughs> Goff Midian. Goff Midian. <laughs> there Perfect. we go. Moff Gideon um, appears to recognize immediately who is in, who is who's coming. Yeah. Well, number one, he's expecting them because of Mando's message. He's expecting something. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think he recognized Bo-Katan's voice. That's quite possible. Because he knows her. He does. Quite well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And for him not to recognize her voice, why did she, Tana, you had a good point. Why did she do the call? I, uh, you I, got I, I, Costco, I Mando, uh, Caradoon. Like, you yeah, got all you, these you, options. <laughs> you've got a ship full of people and you choose the one person who probably knows, um, <laughs> knows her voice best. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Goodness. You could have even had, you know... Um, Ming Na Wen do it. Yes, Fennec. Fennec Sorry. Mm. Sorry. She she is kind of in the background in this episode, but that's because we got a lot of guys in this episode. A lot of a lot of people in this one. Well, she has her moment to shine, which you see and oh, she goodness she does. Mm. Yeah. She's a sharpshooter. Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh yeah. All right, fast forwarding too much. We're getting ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. So then we get to see the launch tube for the cruiser. I love 
loved that. Nothing showed you how fast those TIE fighters move than that launch tube. Like inside <laughs> to be the cockpit. in the cockpit as that thing shoots out of the ship. Like, that's cool. That was, that's that was really exciting. cool. Yeah. And uh, Tanner, you had a comparison that was perfect. Oh, absolutely. It looks... If you ever have been able to see inside the cockpit when a plane is taking off from an aircraft carrier, that's a, that's the first thing I thought of. It's like, oh, it absolutely looks like that. You're just you go from zero to nearly at flying speed uh, almost instantaneously. Yeah, amazing. That was a perfect, perfect comparison. I, uh, I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, am I even a person anymore? <laughs> How did I not yeah. see that? Guy? Was, oh, that was that was fantastic. Oh man. Um. Oh, I gotta back up real quick. Uh, Bo-Katan does say that uh, Moff Gideon has the dark saber and that it can cut through anything except. Your best, Your best guy. That's gonna come in later. Um, so they and they actually have an exchange. Cara Dune and Bo-Katan talk about what to do with Moff Gideon on the ship. Oh and right, it's important right. because Bo-Katan says, "I don't care what happens as long he sur- as he surrenders to me," and which also comes up later as to why that's important. Yes, and then Cara Dune says, "But I want him alive. Exactly, he has all these Imperial secrets." That we need to get for the She's New like, Republic. Doesn't matter if he's alive or dead. He just has to surrender to me. And we're good. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. We, we just mm, used those things. I important. had them on my notes and I <laughs> had to go back. Um, all right. So we got the launch tube. You get two ties that get out. Two ties get out before uh, Bogotan's able to plug it up with the shuttle, which does fit. Yeah. It is made to mm. fit that, just not to be landing at those speeds. Right. Because she's trying to block it off before more ties get out, but two of them do get out. And there was actually a detail that I noticed in this episode that has been missed at times in other shows and, and video games and stuff, but is really cool. It's, it's, a, it's a trick that we don't know what happened. Uh, but the TIE fighters from the outside, when you look at their cockpits, they have a plus sign and then an X. When you look at them from the outside, they've got eight spokes and they're arranging a plus sign and an X. But from the inside of the cockpit, it's shifted just a few degrees so that there is no straight line anywhere. It is insane. Uh, Ben's got a got a little thing showing uh, that this is what it looks like from the outside. But when you go inside, it looks like that. Interesting. It's just it's just shifted those few degrees, like 11 degrees or something. And they kept it. So that's something that happened in the original trilogy, and it was probably just a mistake. But in uh, in this one, they did it again. They actually kept that mistake wow. in. <laughs> it was so fun. Uh, a lot of people gave uh, Squadrons, the new video game, uh, a hard time about it because they have it the same from the outside and inside. Mm. And that's because you built one model. But for here, they can have it be different. Right. <laughs> because mm. it's it's a show. <laughs> right. So she blocks it off. They're able to. They stop the Tie Fighters launching because they see him coming in. Um, and then uh, Boba has to fight the Tie Fighters. <laughs> I don't know if fighting is really what happened. <laughs> Boba leaves. <laughs> gets rid of them. <laughs> he turns his guns backwards and fires behind him, which is always my favorite. <laughs> So cool. Any anytime you have anti pursuit cannons on your ship, I consider that an absolute win on Starfighter design. You look around in my leg room in here, you look at all of the different ships I have. I 
can't think of one that doesn't have rear-facing blasters <laughs> because that's just the <laughs> dumbest thing to not have. Yeah. You know, they get right behind you and then well, you blow the heck I mean, out of you. If you think about it, a lot of the um, the rebel ships and a lot of ships that you see, they actually have places for other people to be in to shoot behind you. That's But yeah. mm-hmm. Boba's ship, it's kind of a one-man ship. Yeah. And so it would make sense that he would be able to control which way his guns face. Yeah, and just be able right. to target. Yeah. And for for how much trouble, if Moff Gideon wasn't concerned about uh, this possibly being a trap beforehand, when Boba turns around, the two TIE fighters come out, he kills them immediately Yeah. and flies <laughs> off into hyperspace. And how many shots did he take on that shuttle <laughs> and not hit once? Yeah. <laughs> and the shuttle's bigger... Slower. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Uh, drop. <laughs> <laughs> Boba serves his purpose and then, you know, gets into hyperspace up into the end credits. Yeah, which is important because he really couldn't be there for the rest of us. No, he couldn't. No. address. <laughs> so, they land. Troopers come up and say, what the heck are you guys doing? Clear the launch bay. We got to get these fighters out. Even though Boba's gone. I guess they didn't get the stand on orders yet. Not yet. That was pretty fast. It's all happening pretty fast. It was pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the steam and smoke is coming out, and troopers, blam, blam, bam, bam, you're gone. gone. <laughs> and we just get this awesome montage all the way from the beginning, all the way to the bridge of the ship. Just these Mandalorians and Fennec Shand and Car- uh, Dune, Dune just... just laying waste to everybody. And this is where we start getting some really cool individual moments for all these yes. different characters and which uh, the plan yeah. you know which was for them to be the diversion so that mando right. could get to the um, to get to grogu right and but on the way he's got to shut down the dark troopers which take a couple minutes to power up yeah. which we talked about um, and so we do see the dark troopers activated yes we do we, we get the command for the dark troopers to actually and start charging kind of a breakdown of you know because the music in this episode was just so oh every time mm. I, but, I, I have a hard time talking about the music ever because it's always amazing yeah like no it's fantastic but it's I perfect. did hear I heard someone say you know as you're watching the dark troopers you know power up if you look in the back of where they're at you can see Skrillex just rocking out you know to the music there. are you serious <laughs> yeah no not really but well, <laughs> it sounds like Skrillex is doing the music for the dark troopers it's, gotcha yeah. Uh, I have heard that, that a lot of people have mentioned that, oh my gosh, there's totally different music there, and it, it goes to that uh, technological droid feeling, yes, it which does. is really mm-hmm. cool for it. Yeah. Um, so they activate the Dark Troopers, so we know they're coming along. The We got the four girls going off to be the distraction, and we got Mando sneaking off the ship to go around, and he's really being careful, but there's a specific weapon that we see on his back. He basically carries everything he owns with him now, which is sad. Yeah. He is really disappointed. Well, he has no place to put it, as they showed us in the recap. (sighs) That's hurtful, guys. That's really hurtful. (laughs) So we see he's got the Beskar spear. Yes. And, oh gosh, I'm just nerding out right here right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got the four girls. Let's talk about the four girls and their journey to the bridge. Okay. Uh, So we... (laughs) We, they're going along. Everything's fine. Everything's moving along. They come to a bridge. Yeah. And underneath this bridge is a, a shield, a, a, a airlock, shield, yeah, something that uh, 
just lets you fall out of. No railing. No railings. Which we've seen is useless. Uh, which uh, apparently doesn't matter that much, but it feels better. It does. <laughs> when there's a rail, it would. It I would feel make, you know if you're pushing it, like a heavy cart, and you're not looking. You know, you hits the edge. You, <laughs> ah, you just fall off into space. Yep. Which was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's true. And they the girls come around the corner. and They go, "It's quiet. That's too quiet." Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go anyway. <laughs> So like, they go out. It's kind of like in episode three when they're like, "Guy sends a trap." I'm like, what should we do? Well, spring, spring the, the trap. trap. <laughs> well, it's quiet. All right, let's go see why. And... Let's go find out. And uh, so they get to the bridge, which so they don't have a lot of places to turn. And we see four stormtroopers come out. Uh, Bokatan and Koski Reeves take off on the jetpacks, and they take a couple shots, but then they go under the bridge. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? And so they, uh, Cara Dune and. Uh, Fennec, Fennec take out the rest of the stormtroopers, and then they get flanked from behind, and we got six more troopers come in. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what Bo-Katan and yeah. Costco are waiting for, <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, and they pop up and just murk all. So of I wonder them. if that was the pincer move she was referring to. Ah, the pincer move. Yeah, mm. I like that. So yeah, that could be it. So they they totally take him out, and then uh, some people were like, "Oh, that is the girl power moment." And I'm like. Oh, that kind of takes away from it for me. <laughs> it's like, was that what you were trying to do? I thought you were just being cool. You know, like, boys and boys and girls can be cool. Like, it, you don't have to force it down our throat. But then the second time I watched it, without anybody making commentary about that, it was fine. They weren't forcing it down our throats. They were no. just cool. Yeah. They yeah. were cool. Like, yeah. not once at any point did I think, oh, they're girls. That's why it's cool. Once it's like, just no, they're just about, cool. no, they're just cool. <laughs> just forget about Axe Wolves. And then uh, good. <laughs> he had to he he had to park the ship somewhere. He had other yeah. business. He had other stuff to take care of. Mandalorian business. <laughs> he was grounded. Yeah. He was. <laughs> anyway. uh, so they they're going up there, and then we get some really cool moments from Fennec. Fennec, yeah, she's yes. They're in the, the kind of the storage area at this point, right? In cargo like, holds. Car- and she's just you know martial arts. You're seeing it. She just. The best part, though, is when that stormtrooper pokes his head out like from hiding from between a, a small hole, and she just, boom, <laughs> gone. Right in the right in the middle of the forehead. Yeah. Just, boop, all done. Yeah, she just, that was really cool to see her. Uh, that was a great shot. We already shot. knew she was cool, and it's like, okay, you're just showing off now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love well, it. But... I mean, that guy stuck his head through there, and not once did I ever think, oh, I wonder if she'll make that shot. Yeah, it's like, this it's is like, cool. Sweet. Uh-huh. Watch this. <laughs> Bunk. <laughs> right out. She yeah. takes out dudes by kicking them and all kinds of stuff. Um, even when they get to the bridge, Fennec, do you see what she does? Is they start clearing the guys around. She goes into the wings yeah. that have some hidden areas. And at one point, you know, Cara Dune, I think, is somewhat vulnerable. Uh, an Imperial officer comes around the corner and gets shot from the hot behind and Fennec comes walking around and it's like she she sees those things. Yep. She's a very smart person, just like Mando walks into a room and takes a lay of the land. It seems like she does that maybe a little bit faster than Mando Probably. does mm-hmm. for dramatic reasons. Mm-hmm. And she's and also she not wearing a helmet that's kind of hard to see yeah, That's true. Right. I'm that's just true. It's a little easier to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she she threw her helmet. She at lost a storm her helmet. Trooper. She you know yeah. knocked that stormtrooper over. And she threw it <laughs> with a throw, which is awesome. Yeah, Robo Abs. It doesn't. That's, that's her nickname. 
so uh, now we have Cara Dune, who has some really fun moments as well. In the hallway. Her <laughs> freaking blaster jams. <laughs> yep. And my wife was like, can blasters even jam? I'm like, well, you know, it's got canisters on it that hold the, are the fuel cells. Uh, I imagine that if they get out of alignment, if they're a little loose or something, that they can cause a little jam. It can cause a misfire of some kind. Right. Some carbon scoring or something. But she she can't do it. So she just uses it as a big old club. And it's very effective. <laughs> yeah. It's cool to see, though, that uh, the Stormtroopers, you see them aiming at Kara to take her out. And Fennec is just, oh, as yeah. she said, she's like, she's, I've got you. Yeah, she's just, just in the back mm-hmm. picking them off. Which I wonder, like, where is Bo-Katan across the But you look, they're shooting down the hallway. You know, they're taking yeah, out. Yeah, there's other guys out there. Other guys down the hall. Seeing. It's not their moment to shine. Nope. Yet, anymore. Since yeah. the bridge. Yeah. Um, so she keeps messing with her blaster as they get in the <laughs> elevator. Saying all the obscenities as she's trying to fix it. <laughs> Dink, Eric. <laughs> that's, the, that's the Star Wars curse word. It I is. can't remember the other stuff that she says, uh, but she's I, muttering a lot of things under her breath, that's for sure. I think she said, son of a mud scuffer or something like yes! that. Yes! Yes! Son of a mud, mud scuffer. <laughs> that's right. And they're oh, all just like looking at her. And, and yeah, in my mind, I was like, she's got quite the foul mouth, you know? Right? Even it's like, they're obviously, that's what they're trying to put on, and she's... She's the hardest military. Cussing out her gun. <laughs> I think Bogotan's like, you need help with that? And that's when she pounds the ground and you hear it power up. She's like, no, I think that worked. Nope, that no, I got it. And he's like, excuse me? As she goes and up and over Fennec. Fennec like ducks. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, well oh, she saw she what comes. she did with that against the stormtroopers. She's like, I'm just going to. I'm going to stay far that. away from that barrel because um, even if it's not firing, that's still deadly. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to see, yeah, it, it works. She walks out and just full out. <laughs> it wasn't as full auto as I was hoping for. It sounded a lot like Bay's Malvis's gun when he <laughs> fell. Oh, Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. It sounded like his same thing. Oh. oh which now you got me thinking about Bay's Malvis. Well, the cool oh, thing me. is it's in the future, so that might be maybe some form of uh, upgrade because they were both rebels. Ooh. So that is it's very much like similar that. to his gun, but it doesn't need the pack. The pack. It doesn't need the pack, the but it also doesn't have the uh, hypercharge yes. mode either. It's just exactly. it's a single mode. Yeah. Because, dude, that shotgun mode is. Yeah. Boom! One so shot cool. on a death trooper. So cool. Oh, sorry. Sorry. We're talking about. Talking about Mandalorian. <laughs> sorry. Back to Perry It all ties together. It, it all ties it's together. It's all in the same universe. That happened in the past, so it is part of the story. Okay. And sorry, dude. It has so many great lines. They're both rebels. In this it's all good. Yep, both rebels. It, yeah. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Fun. They take the um, bridge. So they take the bridge. Now we're gonna. Now we're gonna go over to Mando's. Well, experience. they take the bridge, and Moff Gideon's not there. Oh That's yeah, it's important to uh, know because he did, was by, there. By raising hands, who expected him to be there? Uh, yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Just for those listening at home, no one raised their hands at all. <laughs> it was. I, I I even saw that one coming, and I'm quite often surprised by things. So. Well, we we. Moff Gideon was expecting an attack because of uh, Mando's, Mando's message. message. Right. Yes. And then he's already suspect. He he might recognize Bo-Katan's voice. He at least recognizes it might not be his guy. His his right. people. Well, he was mm-hmm. watching on the camera. He saw him. And now everybody. they're blowing everybody away. He's already... So he knows they're Mandalorians. He's pretty sure who they're coming for. But because Mando sent the message, he wonders if they teamed up. And so he goes over and is Elsewhere. waiting for Mando. Yes. Well, Mando's on his way, and he comes across the... Uh, he runs into a couple of troopers, but he stays mm-hmm. hidden for the most part. Yep. 
And then he finds the bay where the dark troopers are being kept. Yes. And the doors are open, and they've been activated. They're not in their pods anymore. Starting to walk out. Uh, wireless charging on those things. Yeah. You notice that? That was cool. Because they finished charging after they've left their pods. Yes, they did. I'm guessing it's probably a proximity thing. They still yeah. got to be close to him. Like Which is why they didn't leave the bay. But I think all droids are that way. They're really? wireless chargers. Because, like, C-3PO can go into a bay and shut down, and he charges without having to plug anything in. That's right. True. So, uh, the, definitely a technology that exists in Star Wars, which is cool. Yeah. So then what are the hoses that... Uh, no, I'm, just I'm thinking they're coolant hoses. I had a similar thought, so... Okay. Because yeah. when they came off, all the smoke... All the steam. All yeah, the coolant. That... Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember who asked it. it was like, wait, if they're unplugged now, how can they charge? I'm like, oh, it's coolant. And then I sat there, I'm like, is it coolant? Is that right? Is that right? Man, I always have an answer right off the bat for something. And I don't think a thorough, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Liquid nitrogen. <laughs> that makes sense. They were liquid nitrogen okay. cooled. That's why all the smoke and all that. Liquid cooled. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it. Makes sense. No no problems there whatsoever. Um, so Mando gets the door closed, but one of them gets through. Man, wow. those things are powerful. Holy yeah. cow. It's got his arms stomp the through. doors, Ooh. yeah. And how inconsiderate! He just lets it shut behind him. I know the door open for I know. the other guys. It would have been perfect. He just not much of a gentleman. He just wants all the glory for himself. So I guess they I do have sure. feelings. Yeah, selfish ones. Yep. <laughs> so Mando starts fighting this dude. Dude, dude's blaster proof. Yep. Arms yeah. blaster proof. Yeah. Punches uh, him into the other side of the hall. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> oh my god. The guy's punching him right in the Beskar helmet, and it's punching him through the wall. But <laughs> Beskar holds up. Beskar held yes. up. His head was fine. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And some I another guy I was listening to was like, Man, wouldn't you get a concussion? I'm like, not really. He's only moving like a half inch in each shot. It's not like yeah, it's, it's jostling him at all. It's just push, push, push. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's probably fine. Yeah. Uh, Mando flamethrower is the thing. I think that was the coolest shot. Uh, I feel like it's <laughs> really Ghost Rider. The uh, a little bit. He looks kind of like Ghost Rider now, like an evil <laughs> droid Ghost Rider. Oh, it looks so cool. It and looks like, very cool. I mean, they they looked okay. They were they were kind of cool, kind of scary. Not my favorite design. Really. But then when he when he lit it on fire and it had the flames <laughs> coming through the joints and stuff, like now that's cool. <laughs> if you can keep that going the rest of this fight I think we'll be fine <laughs> unfortunately the flame burns out rather quickly because they are fireproof yep mm-hmm. so whatever they're made of is something really hefty uh, Mando's taking a beating but he there's one thing that'll kill those things well he slows it down with his uh, his whistling birds oh yes, yes that's right he launches his salvo whistling birds his last salvo yep and uh and it does actually slow it down. It, it hits him from a few different directions, yeah, kinda, but definitely doesn't take it out. No. In any way. But it gives him the time that Mando needs to get the pure Beskar spear. Yes. And then just stabs it through the neck and pops the neck his head off. Pops his head right off. Just. Mm. Yeah, the droids are just watching. Just... <laughs> oh, oh, they're man. beating the windows. Well, the ones behind uh, him who can't do anything. Oh, yeah, the ones behind him. Like, oh, like, uh, oh, should we help him? Are we moving? Are we going uh, anywhere? The guys in the back, poor guys, they're just like, what's going on? Like, yeah, guys, can yeah. it go a little faster? <laughs> can we go already? <laughs> what's the hold up, people? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you should have gone before we left. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I get for getting here late. The rest of us back. all detached our cooling hoses. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stan, is that you? It's always you. Golly. So, so Mando goes over. He has the coat cylinder that he took from uh, Dr. Pershing. Yes. And stabs it into the wall, pushes the button, and... Boom, launches him into the space. And he pulls a lever. Oh, oh, right, it's a lever. The You're button right. he uses to shut the door. The button shuts the door right at the beginning. Yes. And, oh, yeah, that's right, because at one point the dark trooper that he got goes out grab it and the dark stops him from pulling it. So he pulls the airlock. And, and that whoosh! is definitely the last time we're going to see those guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. Shoving a droid out on an airlock is instant kill. We all know from K2SO that droids survive. <laughs> well, everyone else dies well, in the we cold vacuum die. of space. Not me. Not me. I can survive in space. <laughs> but oh, that's definitely the last we'll see of them. Oh, yeah. No, oh, that, that, that'll never come back. I'm not going to lie. I actually had that thought like, oh, well, that was convenient. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. okay. Oh, sweet. Wow, you defeated I, them. I was... thought we had a few more minutes in the episode. Okay. I guess we're, <laughs> guess we're about it again. Well, I, the rocket boots didn't uh, didn't click. Didn't, didn't well, click for me. My bad. Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, was, well, like, I was sitting there. Uh, I'm like, oh, you launched him into space. I don't think that's going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt, when I saw it, I was like, well, great. Now they can come in any point. Yeah, now now they, yeah, exactly. They can come in at any point of the ship now. Man, you guys were way more prepared points. to watch this one than I was. <laughs> uh, you, you had just binged, binge watched it. Okay. Starting Thank with you. the Tython episode. So you saw those dark troopers for like five seconds, and then you're immediately on to, you know, the Boba Fett. And, right, uh, right, right. All the other. Uh, we had a week to let it marinate in our heads. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm sitting here just thinking through the episode. Yep. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I have this entire thing memorized. Even though I misquote everything. Uh, Some of a mud scuffer. <laughs> Uh, so then, uh, so they're, they're gone. Uh, Mando makes his way over to the brig where Grogu's being held, opens the door and shock of all shocks. Well, he takes out two stormtroopers first. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, He runs into a couple of Stabs the one dude and subtitles proof snaps the neck of the other guy. Yeah. (laughs) Best guy spear in the neck. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the sounds he made. Uh, <laughs> takes out the troopers in the front of the brig, opens it, and uh, surprise, who's there? Anybody surprised? It was! It was Gorkoresh! <laughs> and he had a bunch of bite marks and scratch marks from those creatures. And he's like, We don't know what are. No more of this. I want the shiny shells. Oh, Give sorry, wrong, wrong bay. Wrong, wrong bay, my bad. <laughs> uh, so he opens the right one this time. There it is. And. Sure enough, Moff Gideon standing there with the dark saber, over, holding over Grogu. Yes. And uh, that's a that's a that's a rough thing. Uh, and uh, right here, this is a good point to stop because we're over an hour. Um, we're gonna go ahead and stop our uh, episode right there, and make you wonder what happened. Because <laughs> you obviously You're not seen the episode. Obviously not. I mean, people people listen to our commentary in order to find out what happened. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So there it is. There's our episode. And always remember, if you're having trouble raising your own nerds, this is the way. Until next time. See ya. Say goodbye, Tanner. Ciao. Let's get one.
What up, nerds? TJ and Scott here for the Raising Nerds podcast, talking about our favorite nerd topics and how raising little nerds of our own is better than a, an X-Wing or a green lightsaber or a robotic hand or boots that are very familiar or a belt buckle or a cloak. All those things. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing today, Scott? Well, considering all those things, doing really well. <laughs> and, of course, we have Tanner joining us. Uh, for for the episode today, uh, we're just carrying over one to the other. It, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, Scott. Thank you for having me, TJ. <laughs> All right. Well, we are jumping into the epic finale, and we're going to have some discussions mm-hmm. right here. Some things to talk about. So, uh, when we ended the last episode, we were talking about how Mando has opened the door. Uh, first, he accidentally opened the door to Gorkaresh, who is amazingly still alive. Yeah. Extraordinary. Uh, but he opened the correct door this time, and we have Moff Gideon standing over Grogu with the Darksaber. And oh Ooh. my goodness. Uh, that Of all the dangerous positions that Baby Yoda has been in, I think that's the one that scared me probably the most. I agree. Uh, at least when it came to Moff Gideon. Well, mm. if you remember back in the last season, he shot some officer in the face for interrupting him. Right. So he was yeah. kind of unpredictable. Yeah. And uh, that blade hovering just a few inches over Grogu, and he's waving it back and forth as he taunts Mando. And, oh, gosh. Really? More than when the, more than when the two troopers got him um, in season one? Uh, yeah, no, 100%. Because they were capturing him. Yeah, and they had they killed him, they'd have been in big trouble, yeah. See, now Moff Gideon's had him for a while. You know, he's probably been able to extract some stuff, whatever he needs, and he doesn't need him anymore. You know, I I was actually a little scared in this Mm -hmm. episode that they were going to get there and Grogu would already, like, be dead. Which I think would be the worst way to kill him. And also the most terrifying and horrifying possible thing that could happen in a show. Yes. So there's yes. always that part of me that goes to the darkest place so that I'm prepared. Mm. But luckily, we have a, a great producer named Dave Filoni well on done. the show. Well who done. Do that to us. Who, uh, who knows that there are lines you can't cross once you get to a certain point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blowing up the Razor Crest, okay. Blowing up Slave One? Not okay. And killing Grogu? Definitely not okay. Killing Bo-Katan? Uh. <laughs> See, there are lines. <laughs> and luckily, Dave Filoni knows those lines that you can Gosh. and can't cross. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, Crest, it hurts, but yeah, hurts. you can blow that up. Blow up Slave One, yeah, we'll murder you. <laughs> not not really. That fans. is in no way to be considered a threat. No, 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 encouraging anybody to take physical action against. Uh, people if that does happen at some point <laughs> yeah don't they'll rebuild it yeah Milano style mm. that'll work we don't want the legality of that no. yeah no. exactly uh so um uh goth Midian <laughs> thank you for that oh absolutely uh goth Midian he uh starts taunting Mando and saying like oh I know that you guys are here for this for me more accurately this at least Bo-Katan is assume I know everything man he's so haughty and taunting yeah especially he's, when Mando's so like give me the kid he's like nah he's fine where he is uh, yeah Whoa. he's fine where he is 
Right. Talks Maybe. about how he knows that uh, Mando used his his whistling birds. His last yep. his last, last salvo. salvo, which so. is how I knew that the word was salvo. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I I would have had no idea. Yeah, that, that was. By the word. Yeah, he's taunting. He kind of gives a little bit of the backstory, at least the importance of the dark saber to Mando. A, a little bit, yes, he does. Right. Just enough, uh, yeah, just enough to get him n- not interested, but to recognize perhaps right. that just okay, enough to, this uh, is a significant sh- yeah, thing. Just enough to show the fans that this is important. Well, yeah, he's a, whoever wields the sword has the right to lay claim to the Mandalorian throne. Yes. It's in, all, in, in some ways, he's kind of... It's just a quote. <laughs> Mando's kind of like, not to quote. I don't care. Like, I, yeah, you can keep it. I just want the kid. I just want the kid. And uh, Moff Gideon thinks about it for a minute. He does. He thinks about it for a second. Hmm. And he's very well. But you... Did anybody believe that he was really going to let him just take the kid and possibly try to escape. For a half a I second, did. I did. Yeah. I did. I 100% did. Like, oh, okay. Uh, somebody brought up the fact that maybe he's a little bit like Thrawn, where he realizes when he's beat yeah. and will accept the defeat, but if he can keep the Darksaber and lose Grogu, at least for now, yeah, maybe that's a good trade-off. Yeah. And uh, I, I definitely, I wondered. I'm like, oh, that'd, that would be an interesting decision to make. But Gideon's not that kind of guy. He no. uh, He's a few other layers deep into this plan. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> he does say that he already got the blood from him, and so it kind of makes sense. He just wanted to study his blood. Yep, he's extremely gifted. He's been blessed with rare, oper- rare properties, properties. <laughs> that could potentially bring order back to the galaxy. So, is he talking about the first Foreshadowing, huh? Is he? Is he? Bring order back to the galaxy? I think he's working to bring back Palpatine, or if he's involved in the Snoke project. My guess is it's Palpatine. Mm. Yeah. Or Snoke, yeah, one chance. or the other, but I, I, it's going to be those I think two, we're definitely, think. definitely tied into it. He's definitely not first order. No. He's definitely not working with them. He's, he's working on a different path. Yeah. But the fact that he's still around, he's got the clean uniforms, he's definitely funded somehow, yes. makes me think that it's possible that the Sith cultists out in the unknown regions are feeding him. That's true. Uh, feeding his uh, resources. It's possible. To that point. Um, Mando, oh, he does tell Mando to drop his gun and slide it over. And yes. Compliments him on his sliding. <laughs> Very good. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Really? Uh, thanks. I've been practicing that. Actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're practicing my blaster kicking. <laughs> Getting pretty good. I, I don't think I want to go pro, but you know, I'd, li- I'd like to be the best person in the room. <laughs> there it so, is. It's red there it is. All right. Um, so he he kicks it over and man, and he walks past him, goes to pick up Grogu and. Uh, Gideon ignites the blade, but Mando's ready for it. He, he's he's always suspect, you know. He's he's thinking that's gonna happen. Gideon starts just wailing on him, hardcore. Uh, and the battle battle isn't super uh, lengthy, you know. It's no, not, it's, it's not, not a long it's not a long battle. And and for this being the battle we were waiting for in the show, like they've been building it up for so long. I mean, even. 
beforehand, like when they were talking about it, I, I saw some news and stuff about the guy who plays Mock Gideon talking about how he broke three Darksabers <laughs> filming this season. Wow. And I'm like, whoa, this is going to be an epic fight. Um, uh, that fight broke three Darksabers? <laughs> Yeah. They must be a little brittle. <laughs> well, they are kind of thin. You know? the, it is very thin. I imagine building something like that would be hard. I've been watching Forged in Fire on Netflix, uh-huh. where they make swords and stuff, and sometimes those swords do just break in half when they hit something. So, right, and I doubt that the Darksaber is really made of something crazy. Yeah. Uh, in, in real life, I mean. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the universe, though, it's the most powerful lightsaber that we've ever seen. Yeah. Because we've seen that Beskar spear fight lightsabers. We've yes. seen it fight Ahsoka sabers, and it blocked yeah. them perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts heating up. Which was so cool. Oh my goodness. That, the dark saber is so powerful, it's actually starting to melt the Beskar. It's heating it up. Yeah. I'm like, oh. I mean, it doesn't make a dent. It's just, it's just some red marks that show up when they make prolonged contact, but... Yeah, makes you wonder, crossing universes, you mm-hmm. know, what would win, the Beskar Adamantium? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Those two went against each other. That's an excellent That's, question. Mm. I've heard the Vibranium versus a lightsaber, and I think the vibra- I think it's the same thing as Beskar. I think Vibranium and Beskar are pretty close to the yeah. same properties when it comes to fighting a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. I think it glance off of it. But it could heat it up. I mean, they're they're able to melt it. Yeah. So it, and lightsabers are lightsabers are no. yeah. <laughs> Apparently, true. thousands or millions of degrees, according to science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're just holding it next to our faces. This is great. It's all good. It's all good. I saw, um, I saw a meme that said actual things that will happen if I were to get a lightsaber, and it showed a pie graph. And it was save the universe, destroy the universe, um, you know, sell it for as much money as I could. And those were all, I don't know, maybe 2%. Right. And then probably 96% of this pie graph was accidentally dismember myself. <laughs> it's like, no, absolutely. 100%. Oops. Uh, every single person they like, get a lightsaber yeah. immediately lose a limb. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'd all be a bunch of Lukes with Lukes or... Uh, uh, or Darth Vader's with a bunch of mechanical Yeah, I, I'm thinking like, okay. Darth Vader. Darth Vader, yeah. yeah. I, I don't have a single limb that's not robotic anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't use lightsabers anymore. <laughs> yeah. My wife yeah. took my lightsaber oh, away. Well, uh, Mando wins the fight, though. He does. He does. And it's awesome. He does some sick moves with the he spear. Does. Here's one time he did that kick. Yes. He looked backwards and blocked the Darksaber again. Yes. Um, I also noticed, I wonder if the Beskar spear isn't pure Beskar. Because when he's hitting uh, the spear, it glows red, it starts turning red. But when it hits Mando's gauntlets and stuff, it doesn't. His gauntlets don't start heating up. Hmm. And it may not hit it as long. Uh, maybe and why. That could be it. But I also wonder if maybe there's impurities in the spear because it was made by the Empire. And so maybe they had some other stuff or some other things that they added to it or made it some yeah. kind of an alloy. Um, but either way, uh, Mando wins. Because <laughs> and then he escorts Gideon. He lets him live. Which he does let him live, which Mark Gideon, Gideon comments says, on. Yeah, you let me live. Yes. This will be interesting. This should be interesting. So he, but that, that's, that is true to Mando's character. Yes. 100%. 
Yeah. And we see that over and over and over throughout the entire Grogu, season. He would have killed him. Yes. Oh yeah, no. Had he even hurt Grogu at all? Yeah, then Gideon would have dead. Would have yeah. dead. But um, and but that shows the growth from Mando as well. And it goes back to what you had said in the previous episode, which is uh, that Mando is learning from watching other people, and he learned from Cara Dune, who gave that one Imperial guy multiple chances to live before he finally crossed that final line and, and just nope you're out of control can't yep. control you Gideon has been defeated he is not a threat to Mando anymore mm-hmm. so Mando's gonna let him live uh, unlike Gor Koresh who he left to die he did true he said he wouldn't die by there his it hand. is <laughs> <laughs> got him Although, yeah he didn't kill him though he, he did not he did not kill him he did not kill him his hand did not kill him yes but Mandalorian did kill it. <laughs> do we do we have any? Yeah, do, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I I didn't kill Ara Singh. The fall did. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it was more the fall. He fell onto some bullets. He kind fell of thing. onto some bullets. Oh. I had strategically placed on the ground. Uh, <laughs> That's odd. And they happened to fire right there. It was oh, a little weird. Okay. No casing. Well, uh, so he, uh, a note that yeah. you know, while Gideon is kind of. You know, before the fight, when he's still kind of talking to Mando, he, he said two things that I found interesting. He said, mm-hmm. one, um, it, I guess it leads into the other. And the first one I felt was more interesting was when he says, I suspect Bo-Katan and her companions have taken the bridge <gasps> right. and oh, murdered everyone up there as the murderous savages they are. Yes. Very interesting. You know, there's his perspective right there. Just murderous savages. Yep. He's like, then they're gonna see that I'm not there, and they're gonna start to panic. Yeah. But then, you know, when he mentioned that they were, you know, they probably murdered everybody. I thought, yeah, they did. Hundred percent, they did. They just Mm -hmm. murdered everybody. That's true. I I mean, they were shooting at them. Not many choices. True. (laughs) But there's that perspective again of Moff Gideon sees them as the bad guys. You know, they're the ones who are terrorists. They're the ones who are trying to. It's like chaos. I don't know if we saw the Imperial officer, the, the lady who was helping, you know, who talked to the spy. She's the one who activates the dark troopers. I didn't right. see her get killed, but I'm sure she mm. did. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, That's oh, hey, point. you know, yeah, they. I guess they just took them all Unless out. Unless she got away with the blood. Unless he sent her away. Quite possible. Ooh. I've got to go back and watch it. See oh, if no, she yeah. Got yeah. to watch it. See if she she just started the beginning, though. I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's oh gosh, yeah, he talk talks about, about that. that. But it's interesting because he had the same perspective that the Tie pilot did at yeah. the beginning of this of this chapter, which is that they're the terrorists, they're the bad guys, and they're totally ignoring the millions and millions of people that they've slaughtered, billions of people yeah. throughout the galaxy, in order in in the name of order and security. The rebels are the terrorists, and we are the ones who are trying to establish order. Yeah, but it's all about how you do that. Yep. And it's it's the same situation that we saw in chapter fifteen with Mayfeld, yes. and uh, am I gonna have to Valen Hess? Uh, Valen Hess is the leader of these guys, and maybe not every single person on that bridge is a bad guy, but they're being led by people that are evil and are willing to kill and slaughter any number of innocents, as many as it takes. Yeah. For they they say they call it order. Another word for it would be control. Yeah. Mm. And I, I think that's more accurate. I think that's the more accurate term when it comes to what the Empire is trying to do. 
that order sounds good. I mean, we all want order. We all want things to be ordered. I, I'm in my leg room, and I have an order to the pieces that I have. Obviously, not order to my desk. But <laughs> <laughs> they're ordered to the pieces that I have. And yeah. the, the ships are, are ordered in, in a way to make it easy. But uh, there's what they're doing is to control. Like, my Lego room is ordered because it's inanimate objects that I need to be able to reference and, and keep track of. What they're trying to do is to control other beings, other sentient beings. Yes. Um, for their own purposes. And unfortunately, we see that today. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much everyone in politics gets in because they want control. They want power. And that's what they're looking for. Yep. So, so he takes, so Mando escorts Gideon to the bridge. He's yes. got the dark saber ignited to make sure that Gideon doesn't try any funny business because Mando also has to carry Grogu all yes. the way up. And Grogu's wiped out. Yeah, he is. He, he can't hardly move. He sets him down. And you he just... worry about how much blood got taken from him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little, almost too much. Yeah. And I yes. think it could have been because Dr. Pershing wasn't there. Yeah. To yes. oversee it. So they just basically kept taking until, well, he's still alive, but he's really yeah, His eyes are kind of fluttering, so maybe we so, should stop. All right, we'll stop here. And you know, Gr- Grogu's very, uh, very weak. Yes. So we know if anything continues to happen, Grogu's not going to be there to save anybody. Right, right. Uh, and then Bo- and then we have the great exchange between Bo-Katan, Mock Gideon, and Mando. Yes. Ooh. This brings up, actually, yes. the, and before okay, we yeah, jump yeah. too far into this, I want to ask Scott this question, because I asked this to you, TJ. Okay. Did Moff Gideon lose on purpose to Mando? Ah, right. So, and, and hear me out with, with this thought, because... Moff Gideon, he he really does know the situation. He's yeah. he knows assume that, I know uh, assume everything. I know everything. Right. Because he kinda does. He, he yeah. yeah, he really does. Yeah. yeah, they're on the bridge, they've they've killed everybody. Um They're panicking because they're, they're I'm, they're I'm not there. You fired your last um Salvo. They, thank you for the word. <laughs> and he even brings up that you, you fought against a dark trooper, you had your hands full of one. Yeah. yeah. He's that up later. So, yeah. So, he does know what's going on. Is he in such control of the situation that he 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 does through the fight? He, he does throw the fight to create this awkward situation to create chaos on the bridge so that he can regain control. What do you think? What what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's not that far-fetched of an idea. I mean, he knows what's going to happen if um Mando wins. He knows it now. F- you know, friends are gonna have to fight, cause he's like, your guys are obviously together. He knew that they were working together, but you know, it's wh- being in. I wonder how he watched Mando's fight with the Dark Trooper. So, cause he obviously knows the Dark Troopers are coming back. Yes. So, I I, I think it's one of those things where, uh, according to the present prison regulations for the Empire. Just like we have, they have to have cable, you know. Mm. So uh, Grogu had a TV in his room. Okay, so he watched and that. And then uh, Gideon just feed. went to the secure channel That's true. of Good the point. CCTV. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, All right. so there All right. it is. All right. So he knew what happened. He, or he didn't go into the cell until Mando true. had already done that. Well, yeah, he'd been maybe watching he's, on a security console. Yeah, maybe he was curious to see, you know, how did he do if he could take the one dark trooper. But... 
you'd have to you'd know that Gideon knows that launching those guys into space isn't going to kill him. So he's mm-hmm. got an insurance policy that's coming back to the ship. Right. You know, a platoon of an insurance policy coming back. Yeah. So, yeah, and maybe he's thinking, you know, I lose. They fight. That gets rid of one of them, so I don't have to worry about one of them. And then these dark troopers come and finish off the rest, yeah. which it's not. Yeah, I could I could see that. I, I didn't think of that until, you know, you brought it up. But, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Make them fight amongst each other because he knows how much Bo-Katan wants that dark saber. Right. And he's just vindictive enough to keep it away from her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he went down to Grogman in the first place. Mm-hmm. Instead of just trying to face her himself. It's true. But he was surprised, it seemed at least to a small degree, that Mando let him live. Yes. So. He said it really fast, though. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if it was a little bit of more of a More of well. a let me live. But when he says, oh, you're letting me live. Oh, you're letting me live. Before like, Mando's really decided what he's doing, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that maybe there's a little, yeah. Which, you know, he is manipulative. He's very good good at, you know, twisting stuff too. So, yeah, I could see that. Maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't go into the cell knowing exactly how it would play out. And he needed just a little more. Just in case I lose, this would be a possibility. Yeah. But he's, maybe he saw an opportunity and took, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much. I personally don't think that he could win the fight. Well, one if you think about it, he he waits until Mando's back is turned. He knows he can't beat Mando unless he Straight takes on. him by surprise. He right. has to take him by surprise to have the chance to win, which is why he does what he does. Mm-hmm. Because Mando is completely focused on Grogu when they, you know, walk past in the cell. He's uh, he's about to pick Grogu up, if you notice, and yeah. that's when he hits him. Right. He knows he has to take him by surprise, but even that didn't work. So I wonder if he maybe, you know, he's got layers to his plan. And yeah. that might have been the contingency. That's his backup. He's like, if mm-hmm. I can take him, I will. If I can get the surprise on him and get the jump on him, then yeah, I can take him. But if not, I'll, you know, still try. But if he bests me, I can manipulate him, you know, like we said, into Just keeping me alive. alive. Long for my insurance policy to come back. The dark troopers come back. Okay. That's a good point. I, I personally don't think he had any expectation of actually winning against I him. agree. Because how, how could you? And he's seen what Mando can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, again, he defeated a dark trooper. <laughs> it's like, he did. He, he did. He had trouble with it, but he did defeat it. But I think Gideon definitely... I think Gideon fought with all he could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think you made a good point. Like, if by some chance I win then I can just wait for the Dark Troopers to come save me. Yeah. If I lose, I'm trying to stay alive long enough for them to Til come the save game. me. So uh, there you go. He knows Either way, I, I live, I, and I everybody's, live and everything's good is. to go. Right. However, surviving is not his only goal, as we learn. No. But no. Now we're at the exchange of the three of them. Yeah. Yes. They, now they're Sorry, I keep jumping ahead. We have to come back. Because I'm like, <laughs> there's a part... I really want to get to. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing that the whole time. So We're like, oh, oh, this is right, this is right. When they show up, I mean, Bo-Katan looks concerned and a little upset when she's like, what happened? And mm-hmm. Gideon's like, you should just kill him and take it now. Oh, gosh, I loved that. And that's when it starts to unfold, just, you know, the predicament that they're in. Yep. Now, uh, I know, Tanner, you probably don't have a lot of concern with this. Uh, or... Uh, or maybe not be invested in this, but 
he says that Bo-Katan can't take it. Because Mandel's like, well, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't care. He talks Here, about and now it's yours. Here, you ha- own have the, the dark, the dark saber's yours. And he's like, well, now it's hers. Uh, now it's uh, hers. Uh, she can't take it. She can't take it. Um, in order for her to wield the dark saber again, she has to win it. In she has to take combat. it in combat. And now a lot of people are going to freak out because she did just take it from Sabine. She did. In Rebels. Mm. So what are your thoughts on that, Scott? Um, that... Did it ruin Star Wars? Is Star Wars over now? It doesn't make any sense. The whole canon falls apart. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I don't even know who I am anymore. Because <laughs> of that dark saber. Um, it's... I don't know. I... I I feel like because Dave Filoni did Rebels and maybe if he hadn't thought about it at that moment, there will be an answer to it. But in my mind, it's because, you know, um, Moff Gideon kind of talks about it. I was like, the sword itself has no power. Yes. The story does. Yeah. Where... So it's possible it's that she didn't actually unite Mandalore. She may not have. Or lost control and once they, people started asking questions. Exactly. How she got the dark Or side. that they know that she was kind of the leader when they kicked out Gar- uh, Saxon's brother. Right. Um, that she was kind of the one in charge. Okay. Because yeah. at the end of that episode in uh, Rebels, they the leaders of the clans, Vizsla included, ironically, mm-hmm. said that we're with you. Right. Um, and they saw mm. her take it from Sabine. Right. So I wonder mm. if it's because... Um, it, it's it's one of those, you know, because... Well, you, you, you wonder, well, wouldn't... If you combat, then technically, doesn't Darth Sidious own it? Because Maul took it from Pre Vizsla, and then Sidious fought Maul and beat him. So technically, if you're following those same rules, and then it would be Vader Sidious. defeated Sidious. Va- exactly, it goes down. A- and Luke defeated Luke. Vader. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> Crazy it belongs so to Luke. Luke, to Luke. So Luke oh actually owns goodness. the dark saber. <laughs> no. Um, but I, I think it's it's you know because Sabine didn't win it from Maul. No. But uh, you can actually, see. I think it was Ezra who took it originally. I can't remember. I think so. And then he gave it to Sabine. Well, Sabine finds it on the ground. For sure I know oh, that okay. she picks oh, it up right. from the ground, okay. um, shows it to Kanan, and then, or gives it to Kanan, and then uh, never talks about it. Because when... Um, I just forgot his name. Uh, um, uh, the uh, Mandalorian. Um, uh, Gar Saxon? No, 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 or... the blue one. I uh, just forgot his name. Oh my gosh. I, I don't... You know who I'm talking about? The leader of the protectors. I don't remember all their names. It's bad. Come on, what is his name? I'm going to know his name. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to drive him crazy. It's going to drive him crazy. You can see it. You can see it in his eyes. Kanan calls him in and asks... i got to look it up. And asks him about it? He asks him. He's like, what is this? And that's when he explains... um, What the Darksaber is. What the Darksaber is. Oh, and that's when we get the cool thing about uh, who Tar... Who Tor Vizsla is. Is it Tor Vizsla or Tar Vizsla? Tar, sorry. Tar Vizsla is the first one. Gosh, Tor at, least they're, at is... least they're separated by more than a single vowel. <laughs> <laughs> so that it's not hard to remember or keep track of at all. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. Huh. I, I have another theory. So while you're doing that, I think I know why Sabine 
has to take it by force. I think it's because she lost it by force. Okay. And and that's why Gideon, when I was listening to it this last time, he said that in order for her to wield the dark saber again, yes. So she did wield it legitimately, because otherwise he say he would say that she never really had Just to begin with, but she did. But she lost it I in order for her to retake it again. So it's almost like if you ever held it, if you ever owned the Darksaber in your hand and lost it, the only way for you to get it back is by taking it in combat. I would agree with that. I think I think that's how they're going she to had, thread that needle between the lore. She had claim to it. She had it. And because she lost in combat, like you said, I would totally agree with that. She has to win it back in combat for it. Otherwise, she's a pretender, as right. Mock Gideon said. Yeah. So the leader of the protector's name is Fen Rao. Oh my gosh, how did I not remember Fen, Fen Rao? Rao? And that's, <laughs> Kanan calls him he's in. He's a character in my Star Wars And game. says, <laughs> Fen Rao, you know, he's like, what, you know, what is this? And he was like, kind of amazing. He got it, you know, that he has. He's like, where did you get this? And he explains it. Sabine found it, gave it to Kanan, and hasn't brought it up since. Fenral gives the backstory to what the Darksaber is, which we talked about yeah. a couple of episodes before. But I wonder if, you know, in the case of Sabine having the sword, if it's a lot like when Fenral explained that the um, uh, Mandalorians liberated it from the Jedi Temple. If it yes. was the same thing. Sabine liberated the Darksaber from, from Darth Maul. Maul. Yes. Because a lot of them did not see him as the rightful ruler although by their rules he would be a lot of them he was an outsider yeah yeah uh, there's a lot of fuzzy lines so there. Mm. she liberated it from him right and then she got it back to the mandalorians to their leader yes and that kind of reset the cycle yeah. once it was back in the hands of the legitimate heir uh -huh. of mandalore which i wonder if moff gideon actually fought Satine, uh, um bo-katan Bo and i fought Satine. Yeah, <laughs> because you know you and that actually would tie into what we're saying because Moff Gideon beat Bo-Katan, and then yes, Din Djarin beat, beat Moff Gideon. Gideon. If he just gives it to Bo-Katan, they're saying no, no, he's actually stronger than the one that beat you. So yes. unless you can beat him, you have no power. Oh, that's over it. This. I think we solved it. So that's probably what it. it is. We we threaded that needle. She has to prove that she's stronger than him. Otherwise, right. Man, and she it. is furious. She is. She's ready to shoot him. She's ready to. She's ready. Oh, to she is. You can right see then. it. Yeah. She, she's and livid. The way you can tell is because she doesn't move. No. She doesn't make a single movement, the entire time, that they're talking. Yep. Because she is. If she makes a movement, it will be to fight. Yep. Yeah. She is the only way for her to stop from going after Dinjarin right now, is to not move at all. Yeah. Because the first movement she makes, it's over. Which, it's so And crazy. even as he's holding it out to yeah. her, and she's like, like, I could kill I you just right take now. It. I could kill you right now. But it would be wrong. It's like, oh, I think that's going to come down to a head. I it think will. She's going to have to prove it, herself. Yep. Mm -hmm. And her story isn't over yet. Taking it from Gideon would have been easy. I mean, we saw Din Djarin fight him, and she, he, he did a great job. Yep. But... Mm -hmm. at, it would have been easy. Now she has a much harder time to figure it out. She's either going to have to save Mando's life or at one point challenge him. Uh -huh. And it might be one of those moments where she regrets it. Yep. 
But would, I secretly hope Mando becomes the leader of Mandalorian. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be Going back sweet. to uh, when he first brings him in, it's interesting when Bo-Katan's like, what happened? And, uh, yeah, and Cara so Dune's like, well, he, he brought, brought him, him in alive. alive. That's what happened. And he's, uh, Moff Gideon's <laughs> like, that's not what she's talking that's about. Not what she's oh, he's got the biggest smirk uh-huh. on his face. Because he gets to witness what's about to happen. Just going to kill him now and take it? Yeah. But that wouldn't be honorable either because Mando trusts her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the the problem is they're on the same it's side. It's got to be the story, really, of how she takes the sword. Yeah. How they she is able to oh, own it. Yep. Right. But yeah. anyway, yeah, so that whole exchange is like, this is going to be a problem. But to be honest, I got all that. And then other things happened. I completely forgot about it. Their whole exchange, that. yeah, because it's oh, like, yeah, oh no. no, what's going to happen? And then well, we get the proximity. You get alert. a proximity alert. The ray shields have been breached. Completely forgot about that whole dark the saber whole dark problem. Saber problem. <laughs> <laughs> we oh have no, hundred percent. We have a dark trooper problem now. Yes. Which Moff Gideon says, you know, you struggled against one. You now you have to find a whole, a whole platoon, platoon, which is probably about forty to fifty dark troopers. Oh goodness! Yeah, yeah, forty, forty to fifty sounds really good. I mean, with the number of pods that we saw, I never, yeah. I didn't stop to count. Yeah, <laughs> like a terrible Star ten, Wars nerd. Even ten of those things, one was terrifying. Yeah, yeah. You put blaster proof, you're in trouble. Now they've got the Beskar spear and the dark saber, which are going to be good weapons against those things. Yes, which, but, but that's, that's two weapons yeah. for five people plus Grogu. It's like yeah. this is yeah, not going to end well. No. And uh, and Gideon is in there too, and Gideon at this point has hidden a gun. He's got a blaster cape. from a fallen officer that fell under the stairs. Because Cara Dune really likes to punch him. Yeah, Cara Dune punches him, and <laughs> he goes to the ground. And nope, I've got a blaster. This is coming. I got a blaster. blaster. <laughs> I got a blaster. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, he didn't sing that just yet, but he will later. No, you could see it though. He was he was thinking it. Another reason why Cape against a, good a bunch idea. of Mandalorians mm. wearing Beskar. Yeah, this is a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna shoot him with a blaster because that'll wearing work. Blaster proof armor. It works. Wait a minute. Which it was cool to watch the dark trooper shoot Mando, and it it just bounced. Oh yeah, off that, yeah. that was pretty. When cool. he's fighting the dark trooper, it just it was, goes down to a melee hand to hand because yep. neither one of them can blast each other down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, so yeah, so they're it's showing like up, and Cara Dune, I believe, asks Fennec, you know, how many life forms? And she says, none. None. And we They've see the They've been boarded. You know, we've been boarded. And oh. it just... You see them all, and you could probably even count them on the little radar of how many there were. Oh, there are so mm-hmm. many. All of them just come into the ship. All but one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and Gideon, he's just like, and I'm pretty... And just so you all know, pretty soon, Everyone in this room will be dead, except me and the child. You'll put up a valiant fight, but we all know what'll happen. And these dark troopers, they station themselves all around the ship. Yep. They basically retake the ship except they, for the bridge. Yep. Right. And then we've got and eight then, of them outside yeah. the bridge. And they just, two of them put their blasters down on their little side holster. Ben, saw that. That was great. Blasters on their sides. Nice. And they just pull their fists up, and then you can hear them slightly power up a little bit, and then rock just, and sock them. Bam, bam, bam. They even sink. close the blast doors. Yeah, they close the blast doors, which makes three layers, four layers, I think. It looked like three, for sure, three, because there was the one doors and then two on the uh, on both each sides. Side. Yeah, yeah, one on each and side. So when, when else layers. do we see blast? When else do we see blast doors? We uh, see them in episode, episode one. one. 
Yes. And then Qui-Gon ever... melts through it. Yeah. Like a boss. So we know lightsaber can hand, can go through blasters. Any other time that blasters are a problem? Mm, uh, we don't... I don't think that, so. Not very often. I don't think so. Maybe some of, in some of the cartoons we see blasters and stuff. Okay. They're really meant to, like, bulkheads. Be like bulkheads mm-hmm. if there's a massive explosion. Uh, there is... save stuff. I believe and Usually it's... only the bridges have them. Episode 4, they actually have them in the halls because they say, close the blast doors, close the blast doors, and then they jump through and they like, open the blast doors. So they do have ah, them in the yes, hallways. that's right. Okay. Yeah, so they are like bulkheads. Yeah. Okay. To but, isolate explosions and so that, depressurizations. Yeah. The fact that we have these dark troopers literally pounding their way through, the, through these blast doors and are making... Very good progress. Oh yeah, it's even more terrifying. The blast. <laughs> it's just at first uh, I was like, oh, it's not doing that much, and then it's like you see the other side, and it's like indented on the third layer. It's like oh, they're oh. coming in. <laughs> now this, they are still coming through. It's <laughs> like oh, crap. This is the point where I was like, they cannot get out of here by themselves. Yes. They need to be saved by an outside party. There's no way for these guys to, to take these. There's the, these the, dark the resources in this room are not sufficient to, to maintain control of the ship yep. and to survive. You cannot win. It's really you think about it, the odds of them winning is impossible without help. Yeah. And yeah. and the whole time I'm sitting there and I'm I'm just like, and my mind starts to think, okay, what could possibly happen? Because I, I love trying to trying to see where it could go. Uh-huh. And my wife is there, and my son is there, and my friends are on. My friends from down south are on Zoom, uh, from my friend old from high school, and and all of a sudden I go, <laughs> because all the all the different things were floating around in my head, and suddenly all the different pieces just fell right into place all at <laughs> once, and I knew exactly what was about to happen, <laughs> and one second later, <laughs> we get a proximity alarm again. Yeah. Tanner, did did you have any idea who it could possibly be coming in there? No. I initially <laughs> thought I'm so I I hear the proximity warning. I see the X Wing flying in the in the view of of the, uh, of, the of the bridge and I think and immediately my mind went back a couple of episodes to remember the two X Wings who were <laughs> Fighting with the Razor Crest, I'm like, oh, backup has arrived. Okay, and they're gonna, there's gonna be a big shootout. Uh, Marshall space. Carson. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Why not? The, not, not even, not even a clue. And uh, Cara Dune has an awesome line. One X-wing. Great, we're saved. <laughs> <laughs> Little did she know. <laughs> she had no it was idea. now and interesting. Uh, Bogotan tries to hail him. Says, "Craft, identify yourself." Uh, no response. Now, why was there no response? Because you're not as epic if you give a response. <laughs> also, how does the person in the X-Wing know who's requesting the response? That's a good point. He's going good to point. an Imperial ship. That, that, that is under control by uh, that is under dark control. Troopers. Well, it's Imperial. It's an Imperial ship. That's right. Just straight up Imperial ship. Um, he came out of hyperspace really close, and uh, and the proximity alarm went off like seconds before he landed. Yeah. So there wasn't enough time to scramble TIE fighters. So he's obviously coming into this thing hot, yeah. ready to attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that the the X-Wing pilot had any idea uh, who the heck or what the heck the situation was. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, Except later, he was there later for you specific. figure out, yeah, that he's, I have to get on this ship. 
for a specific reason, which we find out why. I mean, but you guys already know what it is, but we're teasing it. <laughs> we're trying to keep it as a surprise, even though hopefully you because already we, know. Because if you don't know now, stop. So stop. Watch it. Go watch stop. it. It is did way you, more gratifying. Did you know who was in the X-Wing? Not 100%. It was more of a, I, I thought, it could be. I was like, the odds of it being anybody else, which we talked about before, it's like, this character is the most logical person to be the one who um, Grogu hails when he's... On Tython. On Tython. And so when I saw the X-Wing, it was, he has an X-Wing. Yeah, he does. He has an X-Wing. It could be him. And then, you know, as we talked about at the beginning of this episode, (laughs) um, all the little details that it had, it's like, oh lightsaber okay which Bo-Katan when she sees it she's like a Jedi was like okay alright so I have a checklist it's like oh okay, Jedi okay, okay first first off looking for markings on the X-Wing because as soon as I had put the pieces together on what was about to happen just a second before <laughs> so I see the X-Wing come in and I'm like I'm eagle eyed on the X-Wing looking for specific markings <laughs> I know belong to a specific person and I couldn't see them I, looking I back through again I did see them. Oh, Ooh. they're very faint, and it's because the screens are black and white. Right. So you're trying to pick out grays from each other, and it was very difficult to see. But I did, I did see them. I'm like, I think the third time <laughs> trying to see them. So we get there, and uh, oh my gosh, it's just fan service. It's it's and it's the best kind. It's the best freaking kind. Oh yeah. She's like, oh my gosh, it's a Jedi. And and when the X Wing pulls in, Grogu you wakes f- up. Grogu all of a sudden he goes like, wait a sec. There's someone here. I have a presence I have not felt since and don't finish the sentence. Tython. Presence I haven't felt since Tython. So he uh Oh, I, I I need to talk about that sentence. Um <laughs> But not right now. Not right now. Okay, so so Grogu starts activating, he starts waking up, he starts moving, he starts getting his energy back. He goes up to the screen and he puts his hand on the screen as we see right, this Jedi just mowing down the dark troopers. It's nothing. Which we saw oh. how terrible they are, how terrifying they are. And he's just, whatever. It's like, it's, it's like watching in. Anakin and, and uh, Obi-Wan slice through battle droids. Yeah. It's not it's, nothing. They're there. They do not pose a threat whatsoever. Yeah. He does the whole thing with his hood on. And if yeah, I have a hard time crossing on. the street with my hood on. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking out dark troops. I know. I've worked in a hood. I work in a hood. You know, when it's cold outside today, yeah. I had I had my, my wool hat on and I had my hoodie up and I had my coat hood up. It's not easy. It's not easy to maneuver. He but he's rocking it. And his face is half covered that the yeah. whole time too. Yeah. I don't know why he was hiding his face from the dark troopers, but you know, maybe he's you know, a little shy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, they continue to do just little things. So they, they, they showed the lightsaber, but only on the black and white screen. So, so you like, didn't see it. Like, who could color? that be? They show the cloak go by. And so I'm like, okay, X-Wing, check mark. Okay. Yep. Cloak, check, check mark. mark. Okay, Ooh, lightsaber, what color is oh, it? Oh, we can't see the color. And oh. then he comes in, just like Ahsoka did, from the left screen, just, and it's green. Check mark. Check mark. You're like, and at this point, like, it's him. And my my friends on on the Zoom meeting, my uh, they're like, it's not him. It's not. He can't be him. And I'm like, 
No. It's him. It's him. So you see the green. You see the boots. Mm. Even the boots. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to say I recognize them, but in more reality, I'm just saying, it's the boots, and I have no idea in reality. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's the boots. Yeah. But I'm just like, it's the boots, it's the belt buckle. But, I mean, what <laughs> Wait, seals is it? the deal I don't know, but sure. <laughs> is you see his black right hand in a glove, and you Gloved can see right his hand. hilt. And you see the lightsaber. You see, you the, see hilt. the hilt, and you say, and like, uh, there is him. no one else in the universe that it could possibly be. Nope. Except for one name, and none of us have said it yet. Who wants to say it first? I'll let you say it. TJ, go for it. Luke Skywalker has come to save the day. What? Which, I mean... Tanner, you you get one in, too. Oh, my... I... Say the name. Say the name. Luke Skywalker. Oh, Oh my goodness. And it was. It was the hilt. For me, and, and for me, who... Okay. I, I'm sorry. I did not recognize the belt buckle or, or the boots. Or the boots. <laughs> I was hopeful with other things, but it, it was. It was the hilt. I saw the lightsaber handle, and while no, I cannot tell everyone apart by their lightsaber handles, but I knew that one. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew immediately, it was, oh, it's Luke. It there, there's no one else it could be. They remove more doubt because they show his left hand, which does not have a glove. Nope. When he no force pushes yes. that box into the other dark like, it's like, freaking it's freaking it Skywalker. now just i don't know if i want to take this step outside but did you have any thoughts of who the actor could be that was playing him i know you've i know you fan cast sebastian stan like crazy that thought I went did, through my mind but in my head it was be mark hamill oh yeah in my head like, oh yeah please Get, he's still around mark hamill he's Let here it be mark hamill. use Let him it be mark hamill. Why, why wouldn't you use him uh, my only thought was like, if you if you're gonna build a series, you want to have a repeatable thing True. to do. And so I'm like uh, Sebastian Stan, who's the Winter Soldier. In certain mm-hmm. pictures, he looks really close to do young Luke. Some, uh... um, and I'm like, okay, 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 maybe, maybe it's him. There were a couple times when I looked at his chin, and uh, Sebastian Stan has a slightly whiter chin mm. than Mark Hamill. And there were a couple times I'm like, oh my gosh, I think it is Sebastian Stan. But uh, of course, that's taking us out of the thing. So Luke is just, you know, playing with the droids. Willy-nilly. <laughs> and Grogu is sitting there, and they get they get up, and the the he gets in the elevator, and his lightsaber brings it down. What, I'm what, just dying here, man. Just to go back for a second to sure, sure, know, sure, pull sure. the suspense even more. It's interesting <laughs> that the dark troopers are getting into the door until the X-Wing lands, and then they stop oh, yeah. attacking yes. the door. Because it's, it's not just when it lands. There's a little bit of time that passes. Because I know they keep hitting enough. it when he's, when it's the proximity alert. When he flies by, you can still hear him banging on the door. Yes. It's it's when, you it's, know... He disembarks, and I think it's when he first engages the Dark Troopers. They go, oh. Now, it's before we see him engage them. But yeah. we're not necessarily watching for it yet. But if you notice, at least I noticed, Moff Gideon was so smug and so sure of what was going to happen until he sees what starts to unfold. You until see the fear in his Bo-Katan eyes. say, a, a Jedi. Jedi. He goes, and he's like, crap. Uh, these are not, oh, oh, crap. Oh, I mean, no. And you got to think, he has event. to know who she's talking about. Do you, do you think I he I feel like he does. Because the Empire knew. The Luke. Empire did. 
I would feel but like Moff Gideon was high here. up enough. He was ISB. He was a spy. Exactly. Because he knew who Din Djarin, Cara Dune, Grief Karga. He knew it who everybody was. It would make sense yeah. that he would know he would have. what happened, you know. At the Death Star. Or at least have an inkling of what would happen. Yeah. And again, like the New Republic, Luke's not working from the shadows anymore. Nope. So in Moff Gideon trying to restore order, you know he has to have heard the name. And at least, and as he said, assume that I know everything. So he has to know who Luke Skywalker is. And so when he sees... So when he finds that this well, first, person is the dark on his troopers, ship, yeah. the person who defeated the Emperor Palpatine and, and Vader. Vader. It's like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm no Vader. What? Yeah. Oh, no. And he his, does get his smile stops the moment the dark troopers stop breaking into the door. They stop and he goes, that, you know, that That's was not problem. part of the plan. And, then and it just gets worse and worse. worse. Especially, you know, he sees Luke. He's just, like we said, he's mowing through these things like it's battle droids. Yep. He's just... Now, I have a hard time remembering when Gideon makes his move. Do, do you remember precisely it, when? I've, is it right before the end? Or is it... I believe it's just before Luke... He, Luke gets in the elevator and he's going up. Okay. That's when he makes his That's move. That's when he makes his move. So Gideon reveals his blaster and starts shooting Bo-Katan like crazy. Yeah. Just like bang, 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 all through the Beskar, hoping to get a lucky shot between the plates. Yep. And when that doesn't work... Knocks her down. Not, he, he does knock her down, and then he sees Grogu standing there. Mm-hmm. And this is the part. This is the part where I got to eat my words about yep. what I said about Mando yep. not being a dad. And uh, Mando doesn't even hesitate. He doesn't, doesn't think, think about trying to shoot Gideon. No. What does he do? He jumps in he front of Grogu. Jumps in front of him. It's that. Now I think he would have done that with or without the armor because that's uh-huh. what a dad would do. And you think about it, it. It was so fast. It was like we talked about. It was instinct. He didn't think. He didn't. It was instinct. It was, it was to a save good a reaction. Child. It was a good a reaction time as Fennec Shan dodging that blaster bolt earlier. Yeah. Yes. In the scene, which we also forgot to mention. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's instant. It's instant. Instinct. It's like like we 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 shared Scott's experience at Powell. Oh yes, with Penny in one of the episodes that we did, and uh, wow, and how you didn't even know how you got there. Yeah, this is you were just suddenly there, and suddenly you're in the water, and it's uh-huh. like okay, <laughs> and uh, that's how that's exactly what Mandalorian Mando did. I, I he is the Mandalorian to me. He, yeah. <laughs> And he dives in front of Grogu and blocks all the blaster bolts and every single one of the people pulls their gun out. I'm shocked they didn't kill him right then and there. I agree. Yes. I am shocked. Um, but they pull their blaster on him and they say, drop it. And he realizes he, he can't realizes get out. it's over. He, the, his de- dark troopers will not be able to save him. He turns the gun on himself and Cara Dune comes Wax right inside, like whacks like it out and boom, right in the face. It's time for him down. to take a little nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyway, well, yeah. Luke then, gets to the top, and then he, yeah. uh, like father, like son. Hallway scene. Hallway scene. <laughs> including crushing dude. He uses, like, throwing him every, against you know, it's like force pull, force push, he, oh. force crush. Everything. It's... I loved the crush at the end. That was, I did too. Topped it, it, it off it, with just that, oh, that raw power. And he goes up to the door, 
and he just stands there. Wait. And uh, Mando picks up Grogu and walks over and says, open, open the, the door. Doors. Nobody responds. Open the door. Finn's like, are you crazy? They just saw what you did. And he sets <laughs> Grogu down in a chair and opens the door. And uh, does Luke have his saber ignited? Yes, he still? does. And then he closes it. And then we see the reveal. And it's the best version of a digital face I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh. oh, it worked so good for me. I was terrified, but... And I have expected it to be somebody else. So did I. I expected it to be Sebastian Stan or some other stand-in actor or something, and he pulled it back, and I, I was just so in love with <laughs> that it was well, for, Return for of the me, Jedi Luke Skywalker. For me, for a few seconds, I thought, oh, it's not Mark Hamill. And then as he was talking, I was watching, uh, oh it's my Mark Hamill. Oh gosh, that's Mark mm-hmm. Hamill. And then I imagined Mark Hamill in his old age now, Standing, standing there. there, like I bet you he was just geeking out, or just oh, I was of his life, man. <laughs> just like this is awesome. And uh, Mando asks him, "Are you a Jedi?" Yes, I am. I mean, I'm just. I know. Yeah, I'm sorry for that. the pauses in the podcast. I know yeah. it's not entertaining, <laughs> but we just you just gotta sit with it for a second. Well, because it was beautiful to think about it. I mean, it, it's for me, you know. I, I, I pause because it, it takes me back, you know, to my childhood. Yeah. And it's just, you know, and then all of a sudden, the same emotions I felt watching Star Wars as a child are happening at that moment. And it's just, you, you have to take a second. Like, I got to take a breath because I'm like, oh, there it is. I mean, this on top of everything we've seen in Mandalorian to this point. Yeah. And then for that to come. What did you think, Tanner, when you revealed this face? I I was shocked. I almost couldn't. Be- I I couldn't believe it. I was there. I, I like you. I thought they they have to have a stand-in of some kind, and then I thought, well, maybe they'll do a digital something. And like you said, it's the best I've ever. It's the best I've seen. Best di- digital face I've ever seen. And I was just I was blown away. I was completely floored. They did an incredible job with uh, i i was convinced i'm like that's luke uh, it it, it's mark hamill yeah yeah from however many I, years ago I, it, it's it's him 30 years 30 years younger it's almost like you know they filmed this right after they filmed return of the jedi it's like we're gonna oh, leave yeah. this for later we're yeah, yeah. Can we just, there it is <laughs> oh gosh we're gonna need you. I, 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 I was impressed after seeing how well they did there i really want them to go back and special edition rogue one yeah, mm. I I think I think they could get there. I think they're they so could. close. Yes, if they could just throw a little bit extra money at it, just put that little extra love and care well, into it. Well, the thing is, Rogue One made, at least from what I remember, it made a fair no, amount it, of money. It, it, no, it, it did, did really well. It was successful. So that's not too far out there that they could, you know, touch up those, you know, the digital touch up the digital faces, there, the faces, and, uh, and you have it. It's there. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so good. I, I, oh, Rogue yeah. One's one of those things where, where I, I have a hard time, and that's the only part of the movie that I didn't like. Really? It's really the only part. Every other part of it, even the moral quandary stuff and the stuff that Cassian does, I just I have no problem with it because it makes sense that there would be people like that. 
mm-hmm. and it's just the faces, the digital faces took me out mm-hmm. every time, and I struggled with it. Mine was just with Leia, Tarkin, Moff Tarkin, he, fine, it was fine. Grand Moff. If you Grand know. Moff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may admire when ready. Actually, <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin. Different about you. <laughs> the haircut? No, that's not, not it. it. Oh, I know. It's the digital face. <laughs> You may admire when ready. Admire when ready. Good. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't really have a problem with his. It was Leia that I, the face was like, huh. But huh. yeah, that was harsh. But I had my didn't, own view of how they I, I think have done we, Leia. You know, I think we've talked about this before. I believe so. <laughs> See, it sounds familiar. But we're just talking like, hey, we've never said this ever. And uh-huh. It's like, no, we literally said this like probably last uh, last chapter. Yeah. Well, anyway. I. I, I hate to say it, but I, I think I think we're ready to to go into a third. All right. A third oh, all right. Is that okay? Yep. Is everybody cool with that? Fine and by you, me. You got work tomorrow. Uh. Yep. Yeah. Me. Me too. Don't <laughs> care. I, I'm working from home, but I I'm more than happy to keep going. All righty. Well, take us out for this one, Scott. Well, here's our close. You know, we've we're on two episodes now. But for those of you who are having trouble raising your own nerds, this is the way. Until next time. What up, nerds? TJ and Scott here, and Tanner once again, guest starring for the Raising Nerds podcast, talking about our favorite nerd topics and how raising little nerds of our own is better than a good, hearty McClunky. How you doing today, Scott? Still geeking out, to Uh, be honest. Tanner? I I am doing very well. This is a pleasure to be here with you, Scott, and it's a pleasure to be here with you, TJ. Alrighty, so... Uh, last we left, Luke Skywalker had walked into the room and revealed his beautiful digital face. <laughs> and we're about to get some of the coolest exchanges between characters in Star Wars. And it's between yeah. Din Djarin and Luke Skywalker. <laughs> oh, man. Luke Skywalker. And thinking uh, about it, it, you know, it's as we said in other episodes, he's at the height of his power. You know, Luke is on his way to creating his own Jedi Order. He is, you know, I would assume he is Master Luke right now. He's he's a Jedi Master. He's living the high he's, life. He's fallen. Right he's now. at the at absolutely the height of his powers. We don't know yeah. if he started the Jedi Academy yet. No, uh, it's yes or no, but um, he's he's there. He's ready to go. What some of this has crossed my mind, though, interesting enough, is we know that Grogu um, was there during the Jedi. Um, he was in the Jedi Temple, like back in Episode Three and stuff like that. He's he was raised. He was you know trained. He had some training in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, and that he got you know smuggled out when the purge happened. But so he has some knowledge to the old Jedi Order and the old Jedi ways, and it, it, you know if you kind of think about it, he's not that much different in age than Darth Vader. Uh yeah. They're close Good to point. about the same age. That's a great point. So I don't know how much mentally Grogu was there, but you would think that you know he would recognize you know the name maybe Skywalker or he knew who Anakin was. It's possible. But I'd I'd be interested to see if they do any of you know Grogu's life back on Coruscant. But you know maybe Luke is excited to 
you know, kind of get some insights, you know, like, what does Grogu remember? Yeah, maybe, perhaps Grogu could actually help him yeah. to know. Maybe, and I'm just thinking here, Grogu is the one who knew where the Jedi texts were. That's how Luke was able to find Ooh. them. Ooh. Maybe giving him hints towards yeah, the because obviously Jedi Yoda knew where too. they were. Because Yoda yes. says, you know, Page Turners, they were not. So he He's, knew the Jedi yeah, text. He knew where they were. He had read them. Exactly. So uh, Grogu, I'm sure Grogu talked to Yoda. They were, you know, apart from Yaddle, the only, those are the only three of the species. So I am almost positive Yoda talked to Grogu. So yeah, maybe Grogu knew where the texts were. And that's how Luke finds them. That would be interesting. Hmm. But I can see that. Uh, Oh, gosh. Oh, there's also something else cool that's just a fun little detail, is that Luke really is full into his Jedi-ness because uh, he keeps his lightsaber on his left side, even though he's right-handed. Mm-hmm. All Jedi did that, and it was a it was a, a psychological thing, is when they would take out their lightsabers, they had to cross their body to pull it out, and that crossing is, is a defensive move. To, to cover your body. And mm-hmm. so when they reach across to pull it out, it's a deliberate move, number one. It's not a blaster on your side that you just whip up. It's a deliberate move, oh. and it helps to remind them to be defensive. And so uh, Luke, when he puts it away after he comes in, he does right. put it there on that on left side, left. which is, which is mm. so fun. <laughs> That's cool. Oh. So they have this exchange, and... Uh, Luke reaches out to Grogu and says, come, little one. And Grogu looks at Mando, and he doesn't move. Yeah. Mando's hopeful. He is. Mando's hopeful. He doesn't want to go with you. He wants your permission. Like, oh, oh no. Oh. And they've been prepping us so many times. Like, as, as they're watching Luke, you know, wreak havoc on the droids, Grogu is sitting there touching the screen, and, he's, and he looks this back at Mando, and like, this is, this, is this is where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. He didn't want to go with Ahsoka, and Ahsoka couldn't train him. No. Um, but he recognizes this person as a Jedi Master. Yeah. And as the person that he was meant to go with, which is, which sucks! Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. It hurts. But, like you said, they prepped us for it. They did, multiple times. The last episode was without Grogu at all in it. Yeah. Um, and... He's just so adorable. He's so adorable. His, Even in... like sounds, the puppetry about, is amazing. Even in his season. little cuffs, his little infant cuffs, he's, not, he's <laughs> adorable just sitting there. His, his little... His, we have baby shackles? Are we the bad guys? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, you, you can arrest babies, Empire. Congratulations. You're the worst people in the game. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to my wife the other day. I was like, do you imagine Star Wars can, without Grogu? Like, it's like, now it just seems like it'd be missing something. Right? Grogu is just... Even the show The Mandalorian. It, it, yeah. He had been in every episode except, except for there. 15. Yep. And it's it's so weird. Uh, Tanner, you binged it, so you, you I, didn't fully I, recognize it. I, I did not it. until you pointed it out. <laughs> but I was able to recognize it after you pointed it out. <laughs> but only after that. Yeah. Because I did. I fought you on it. I said, what? No, he was in that. 
And then no, I guess he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. They it's surprising. It's like, they, okay, they funny, you know, we've been that. conditioned to get Grogu once a week. That was the deal of, you know, the yeah. custody. We get him for once a week <laughs> on Fridays. <laughs> custody. And that Friday that he wasn't there, it was like, oh. You know, I, it, I was surprised that I didn't miss him as much as I thought I would because the episode was just fantastic. It was. <laughs> but at the end, I, at the end, as soon as it was over, I went, oh. Where's... We didn't get any Grogu. Oh, that Facebook group that puts together all the memes each week is going to be really upset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, not yeah. good. So Luke says Luke says a lot of really important things about Grogu. He talks about how uh, talent without training is nothing. Yep. And that the child wouldn't be safe until he... Masters his abilities. Masters his abilities. Um, and he says he'll give his life to protect the child. We will see... Because in about 20-something years, you're going to have the opportunity to show if you can really protect Grogu, Luke. Yep. And that that was always in the back of my head, is knowing that Kylo Ren destroyed the New Jedi Temple, and, where Luke was training New Jedi. I know a lot of people, yes. you know, they talk about, you know, because you think about Luke, it's like, is Kylo Ren, you know, is he going to kill Grogu? And it's like... Just saying that, it's like, oh. Uh, it gives you a sick feeling. Like, especially because that's only 20 years. Grogu's still not going to be that big. He's No. He's not. And it's like, he's still just so little. It's like, no, he can't. It's like, you, you wouldn't do that to us. Right, Dave? You wouldn't do that to us. I don't think so. I don't think it's so. It's that line. It's that line I, you can't cross. I'd like to think that <laughs> at some point... Mando and Grogu get reunited before that. I I or like to think that uh, I would love it if they get together and fly off to just go somewhere to visit somebody right when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> he has a, he gets a scheduled play that date with Mando, fine. comes back and everything's gone. Like, well, well uh, I guess you're with me now. I guess you're with me now. It'd be fun if he could also talk a little bit yes. at that point. I don't want him to grow super fast, but I hope it's. I hope there's a form of acceleration that happens. Yeah. Because eventually he has to become a, a smart person and a yeah. grown up person. So he's like one and a half right here. Uh huh. Like one, one and a half. I know they say two, but I argue one. Two and year a half. olds can speak. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm hoping like one, one and a half. I'm hoping he's like. Like it starts to get on that curve of getting older, he faster, can talk, he can and maybe he can talk a little bit. Maybe he babbles a little yeah. bit instead of just the cooing noises. I don't know. Yeah. Tanner, how old is your daughter? My daughter is two. She's approaching three, and she can she can communicate. Um, yes. Really, what she needs. So I I tend to agree with you. It's more of a one, know. not a two. My yeah. Yeah. my daughter can tell me that she wants to go check the mail. Albeit she says Dakomea, <laughs> but uh, it's she can communicate her ideas far more than right. uh, Grogu can. So, so uh, well, uh, Mando realizes that this is the case. He goes and he picks up Grogu, holds him in his arms, one last time, mm-hmm. tells him, "Hey, you, you, this is who you belong with." He's one and, of you. And then Grogu, and he, and he promises he'll see him again. He'll see yeah. you again, I promise. And man, oh, he looks so cute. And he, he reaches up and he touches the helmet with his little Grogu hand. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you got to. This is it. 
if you if there's one time in your entire life that you're gonna take off your helmet, if you don't do it now, you will regret it the rest of your life. Yep. And it, it's this point that I was like, it clicked. I was like, Grogu has never seen Mando's face. Yep. Yep. Like they have such yeah. a bond, which even you know going back earlier that uh, Moff Gideon says, I see your bond with the kid. It's all it's been brought up a couple of times. Ahsoka yes. says it. I know I yep. see your bond. It you and it's like Grogu hasn't even seen his face, but they have such a strong bond. That I was the same as you. It was like, man, I'll just take it all. It's now. Now is it. Now yep. it's now or or never again. <laughs> yeah. Like at this point. Yeah. And uh sure enough he reaches up with one hand and I'm just like, Oh, thank heaven. Yeah. <laughs> you, this this is what you needed to do and he pulls it off and I, I know there are other people in the room and I don't even care. I I'm right I'm right with him in this moment. It's like oh my gosh, he's taking out his helmet. There's other people there. Yeah. They don't care though. No. <laughs> no yeah. one cares. You're in this place. All the things he's gone through, he's had to remove his helmet before in order to find yeah. Grogu and he's like, I was willing to take off my helmet to find you. Why wouldn't I be willing to take up my helmet in front of you? Yeah. And it doesn't take long to make that decision. No. He just, uh, Grogu touches and his helmet and he goes, now. Yep. Pulls his helmet off and Grogu reaches up and touches his face. Yeah. Okay, honestly, did anybody cry? Of course. I freaking cried. Oh, yeah. I know you binge watched the tennis. I, I know you were emotionally burned out. <laughs> I, I was okay. emotionally burned Ahsoka, out. Ahsoka, <laughs> <laughs> to peel me off the couch. I, I know when I was, I was watching some videos and talking about it, they, they mentioned that, you know, it's... It, it kind of did a callback to when Darth Vader asked Luke to take his helmet off. It's a father Ooh, looking at his son eyes. with his own eyes. Oh, that's beautiful. Unfiltered. Yes. You know, Mando is looking at Grogu. Because we've seen, in this season, we've seen how Mando sees things. Yeah, even in we've the first season, it. he jumped yeah. Cara Dune in the sanctuary. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And it's like, this moment, I'm going to look at, you know, the closest thing that I have to a son. I'm going to look at him with my own eyes. It's just like, oh, beautiful. And, you know, a lot of shows would tend to rush these things or spend too long on them. I think it was Oh, I agree. It, it wasn't enough for us. Yep. It was but just it was short just enough right. that it was... Yeah, it was like... Ugh. You wanted more, uh -huh. but it was okay. And, uh... Oh, my gosh. And he, he sets Grogu down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. to, doesn't, to, yeah to tell him to go. And Grogu just grabs his leg. He hugs his leg. And just sits there. And Mandel doesn't tell him to shoo or tell him to go or... Get out of here! We don't want uh, you anymore! Uh, no Harry and the Hendersons here. A thing <laughs> I liked, too, before he sits him down, is he tells him, don't be afraid. Yes. yes. I'm like, that's such a dad thing to say. You know that he's about well, to part, he, and he, he says... whimpers. Yeah, he's, it's just... Ugh. Don't be afraid. He's like, oh, so I almost started to tear up now thinking about it. Such a beautiful exchange. Well, I feel like one of the... I feel like... Oh my gosh! Did we did we start the episode? Yeah, know. I don't think it did. I do the intro. Yeah, I did. Okay, you See, did. So, <laughs> so much emotionally has happened. <laughs> I'm like, there's no. Well, yeah, 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 it's better than McClunky. Yeah, but yeah, it, there we sorry. go. Sorry, there it is. <laughs> oh my god! Because because I had something in my mind that's about to happen. Okay. That convinces Grogu to go with Luke. 
And I was going to say it was better than this character. Ah. But I, I wasn't 100% sure that it is. <laughs> um, but, yeah, oh, sorry. We were, uh, yeah, Grogu's sitting there on the ground. He's going to be afraid. Something. And he just lets him hold. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, it's that uh, I feel like this really captures what makes Star Wars so special. Is that who else could Grogu possibly go with? There's no one else mm. in the yeah. galaxy that it would be as fitting for. This moment, it doesn't end like like TJ. TJ, it doesn't end like the um, you said Henry Henry and the Henderson. Harry and the Henderson. Yeah, it's not the, to get out of here. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that fast. Like go, you know, so that it's not so heartbreaking. It's not a, you know, somebody doesn't die and force the transition. Mm. It's the it's that. Mm parent letting your child grow and that's a beautiful albeit hard story to tell and one that people connect with and that's the magic i feel like of star wars is that it tells these incredibly human stories without forcing their story it's our story in so many ways. Yeah. And that's what makes it so magical and so special and, and <laughs> makes us tear up. It's like, come on, think about this, guys. But it's, oh, it's, it's, it, there's so much to say about this moment. Yeah. That's just extraordinary. Well, it's, it's, it's a little bit like the first time you leave your kids somewhere for your first overnight. So, mm. uh, you're nervous about it. You're, you're worried about it. Now, obviously, this is a lot more permanent. So yes. the emotions are heightened from that point. But at first, not only do you not want to let your kid leave and be without you, but they don't want to leave either. No. Um, but just like real kids, the way you get any kid to go somewhere and do something they didn't originally want to do, it's either with food, candy, <laughs> or something shiny. <laughs> and we got the latter. Yeah. <laughs> We yep. went for shiny, and around the corner from behind Luke comes his slow little friend and our beloved droid friend, R2-D2. And Grogu turns around, and I, I, again, I just got to say, the, the puppetry and the, and the oh, CGI on, so on Baby Yoda this whole season is just a notch up. It's just a step oh, yeah. up. It's, it's amazing. And he, he acts like a, a real creature, a real he character does. in the show. And he f- turns around and looks at R2-D2, and R2-D2 starts talking to him. We don't have any idea what he's saying. But do you think at Where's any point R2-D2 could have run into Grogu at the Jedi Temple? It is entirely possible. <laughs> oh, I think it's... How often was Anakin at the Temple? And he always had R2 And R2 is always around. Now, a lot of times he was with Padme. True. Because technically he's Padme's droid. I tried to think of... Okay, I, I know this is getting into, like... Uh, wishful thinking. But <laughs> where was R2 during Order 66? Hmm. Did R2 save Grogu? <laughs> like, yeah, like, and that's why Grogu saw him and went, My friend! Yeah. <laughs> and Grogu just walks right up to him and he's just so enthralled and R2 does his little happy he's dance. Happy, and, yeah. And I'm like, R2 may remember this creature. Yeah. He may know him. Mm-hmm. At some point, which is which just blows my mind and just makes me so freaking happy. Yeah, I'm like, and someone saved him from the Jedi Temple. We don't know who. Yeah, we know he was saved. But... 
I know. Now, I, now it has <laughs> no, to be R2. No, it has R2 to be. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be R2. But deep in my heart of hearts, that is exactly what I want. <laughs> I would agree it's uh, Jocasta New. Jocasta New? I could go for that. Mm. Jocasta New is amazing. She did end up dying in the Jedi Temple. She did. Um, later on in one of the comics. Yes. But she was, she was a cool character. She's the librarian. Ah. So... Uh, she would have been familiar with Grogu, you know, spending her... Yeah. Basically, she was stationed at the temple. Yep. Um, makes you wonder if some of the Inquisitors knew mm. about Grogu. Yeah. Um, we, we had this discussion that Ahsoka actually was learning at the Jedi Temple at the same time as Grogu. Mm. Yeah. But she might not have remembered, since he is like one, one and a half years old, if he was there being trained in that stage... Like, we don't remember a lot from when we were one or two years old. Right. And so she just may not remember him because she would move on and graduate through the classes as she matured um, and not have as much memory of when she was young. But it's possible that he but may she does know. But she does know Master Yoda. Oh, yeah. No, she recognized the And she mentions that, and, too. Like yeah, because she mentions it. And I'm it sounds shocked, like I'm shocked she... that, Bob, uh, that uh, Luke didn't say anything. But it also that's not what he was there for. Right. Luke wasn't there. He might have to, done it because I, I assume that, that you know Grogu when he was on the sphere, he probably he would say communicated with Luke to some point. Yes. And that might have been when he was like, "Hey, you look like an old friend of mine." Oh. You're powerful with the Force. Yeah. I will come get you. When he's like, "I need okay. to be trained." Yep. Like, I can. I'll come get you. I'll come get you. Which is cool that it was maintain on your connection with Tython. the Force. Tython. Yeah, it was. Leave on your cell Tython. phone on so I can track you. Exactly. <laughs> he tracked him not on Tython because we talked about how he's oh, like, yeah. "Is the Jedi gonna go to Tython?" And like, uh, where Where'd are you? Go? And have to track him from there. No, nah, uh, he knew exactly where to go. Oh man, I I listened to a Chapter Fifteen podcast today. And they were talking about the exact same thing we did. Like a hand appears on, uh-huh. on the thing, a gloved hand or something. Uh, and we talked about it being Ezra Bridger, who's a character from Rebels who's still around. Yeah. Or possibly Mace Windu, who... Might be alive. Might be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. George Lucas said he lived. But that wasn't canon. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that's Legends now. There's a lot God. that... But there's really only one Jedi left. Life. Yeah, he's... It, uh, you have Cal. Cal, Cal Kestis could be. Could he's still from be a Jedi Fallen Order okay. video game. He could still be around. There, but there are a bunch. The, the, um, the Jedi who sense. it's like, who it's going to be, Luke. Well, they, I don't think they wanted to sit down and have every single nerd have to sit next to their wife and explain who, who Ezra Bridger or Cal Kestis is. It's like, okay, what Jedi is out there that everyone knows? Luke. Uh, Luke. Yeah. Well, who else? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Pretty much <laughs> although, although, can you imagine if Leia had come to pick him up? <laughs> Except yeah. that she turned away from the Jedi path after Endor. I uh, I hate that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be cool though. Speaking as, as anyway. <laughs> speaking as a much more limited nerd and sure, 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 expansive yeah, knowledge, yeah, yeah. I would not have been. Anywhere is pleased with the ending. I would have been Luke. totally upset that yeah. he was gone if it wasn't Luke. But because it was Luke, I'm okay. I'm okay with really? the ending. Yes. Okay. That, anybody, that's a great literally anybody else, I would have been. I would have been upset. I would have been like, fine. I'm not gonna watch season three. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, I just it's, no. I'm I'm okay with in, that. He's in the best 
possible hands that we could have hoped for. Yes, exactly. And so that that made it perfect for me, as a with my limited knowledge. It's, so. I I really do hope that Mando and Grogu meet up again at some point. Yes, I I would love for <laughs> for us, uh, Bo-Katan and all the other Mandalorians going back to Mandalore to try to take it, and ask Luke for help. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and Mando runs into Grogu, and he brings him along. Because who doesn't bring a baby into battle? Just don't leave him on the speeder, dang it. Yeah, right. Yeah. CP right. come right after. Well, it's that. it's adorable. After you know R two D two and Grogu have their exchange, Grogu, you know, like a kid, oh. reaches out for Luke to pick him up. Yeah. It's, it's it's almost it's, like R two's like, no, this guy's cool. He he'll totally yeah. take care of you, and I'll be with you too. Uh huh. I, I can almost and, hear okay. Grogu say, "I'm ready." You okay. Know? I'm ready. It's okay. time. And and they and they are so patient. Everyone's so patient. Mando waits for Grogu to make the decision. Yeah. Luke waits for Grogu. Luke's not there to push him into being a Jedi. No. He waits and then he's. And he picks him up. Ugh. And that it's funny that that image. It's, it's after uh, yeah. we talked about how we're like yeah Mando's not really a dad yet. Yeah. But, Every episode after that, we see that he does things that are so much of a dad thing. And it's like, now he's hit this point where it's like, this is the hardest thing he could do. It's the hardest thing you could do as a dad. Is to watch to your let your child, kid your go. Your baby that you've, you know, you've... He's crossed lines that he's never crossed in his entire life. He was willing to sacrifice everything he believed. Yeah, Every... everything for this kid. And now he's letting him go. Oh. It's like... And then when you think back, he's lost everything. Yeah. <laughs> he lost his home, the Razorcrest. Yeah. He lost he lost everything. He has the spear that he picked up, that Ahsoka gave him. Yeah. He's That's got a uh, dark saber that he doesn't want anymore. He's got he's got the clothes on his back. He's got the armor on his back. Yeah. And the Beskar spear, and uh, and he had Grogu, and now he doesn't have him anymore. No. And it's like. Yeah, that's season three is gonna be uh, really, really painful for him to figure yeah. out because this was his purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and which as a dad, it really does become your purpose. Your kids are your purpose. It does. It, it's <sighs> kind of nice that he has at least a little point of purpose now because you know he's losing the purpose of taking care of Grogu. But we've got this whole you know Mandalore. Mandalore thing that dark saber he's thing. able to maybe distract himself with. Um, Bogotan has clearly asked him to join the team, and he's you know he now the leader. He's now the leader of the team. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but and oh, the just that whole and you know Luke just he picks Grogu up and just goes down the hall and it's just, it says may the force be with you. Yeah. And when he turns around, he puts Grogu up on his shoulder so Grogu can look at Mando as he walks away. And then when he turns and Mando the elevator, just he flips stays him around there again him still so again. that he can always see Mando until the last possible moment and so yeah. that we can see him until the last possible moment. Luke, R2, and Grogu get in the elevator and the door closes and black. Black. Which, but perfect. It, it was perfect. And then in the unusual but very familiar way of Dave Filoni you yeah. know, as we talked about earlier it's not the same musical ending I didn't want it to 
It, like, it was as perfect. As it got closer, as I, I could feel it coming. I could yeah. feel him as soon as he stepped in the elevator. I'm like, that door's going to be, that door's going to close, and that's going to be it. We're done. This is it. This is the last shot of Mandalorian season two. Yep. And I'm like, oh man, I don't want that fanfare music. Right. I don't want the fanfare music. I really don't. And I was so worried, and I shouldn't have been. We're in really good hands. Dave Filoni knows. Uh, he Dave proved Filoni, it with Rebels. Yes. So in one of the seasons of Rebels, at the very end, one of the main characters dies, and mm. one of the one of the episodes. Ooh, that's dangerous. And at the end, it always has this really big fanfare mm-hmm. for for Rebels. And instead, they played Kanan's theme, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Mm. And it's a very soft-spoken. And it was a beautiful instrumental version, just really which touching. Which they didn't actually release that album, which I'm real upset Oh, really? About. Yeah, they released oh. season one and two, but three and four never got released. Oh. So that song is not available. It's not on it. Uh, it was It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Mm. And there were other episodes, too, that had really heavy endings. Oh, the last episode of The Clone Wars had a beautiful, soft, haunting battle. ending when Ahsoka... Uh, burying the dead. Burying the dead. Yeah. Uh, he he knows. He knows the music is how important. to give the music. Mm-hmm. And so this this last episode, it didn't end the same way. No. It ended right. Differently. It ended softly. And honestly, that's the only reason I ended up seeing what happened next. Because I always turned it off because we were on that Zoom call with my friend, right. and it was always too loud. I, I had to exit it mm-hmm. so that we could talk about what happened. But the music was so soft and and so poignant that I'm just sitting there and we just talked you just enjoy the back enjoying music. the background music it. It, was, it was wonderful plus it's the last episode I'm just trying to stretch it out that much longer uh-huh. and uh, and then something amazing it's not happened. done <laughs> uh, I didn't realize this but the first season did that what yeah really the dark saber oh was that was after was a teaser after the credits oh Oh yes, now I remember because you told me that I had to. I had to watch through the end for the teaser at the end. I think. I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I thought it was a stinger at the end. Okay, I Um, believe it. I could be. I I could be completely wrong, but I I thought it was, and I didn't. That sounds right. But so we're sitting there watching this, and I'm like, oh, we're just sitting there, like, oh, this is great. Oh, what a crazy episode. I'm dealing with all these conflicting emotions. And uh, suddenly, there's twin sons of Tatooine on the screen. <laughs> and I yeah. freaked out. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait. Okay, shut up, shut up. Everybody, shut up. <laughs> of course, I'm the only one talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell everybody, shut up. <laughs> and uh, we pan over, we see Jabba's palace. Did you Did you recognize what it was? I did. I, 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 I could tell that I had seen it before. Did I say it? <laughs> I think I said I it. It was uh, <laughs> as well. so I I I asked you. I said it, that's job was that's job of the yeah, Hutt's yeah, palace. Yeah. That's job of the Hut's place, right? And you're like, yeah, that's yeah, Jabba's Jabba palace. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So I, I was very pleased that I recognized <laughs> it. And who do we see, <sighs> Scott? Who do we see sitting on the throne of Jabba's palace? Bib Fortuna, <laughs> which is ironic because he was on the sail barge in Episode Six. He was now we had heard that some not everyone died right on the sail barge. Well, obviously um, not, because there's Bib Fortuna looking <laughs> fat on that throne. Yeah, is that a requisite thing that you have to be fat to sit on Jabba's throne? I it hope must not, be. because oh, we'll get point. to it. But well, <laughs> well, he's already started. That is true. <laughs> good point. 
<laughs> so Bib Fortuna sitting on there, fat as can be, like quadruple chin. Definitely enjoying down being in charge. He looks like that Twilight guy from, oh my gosh, he's a Twilight. Bib Fortuna's yeah. a Twilight. He looks like he the is. senator dude. The yeah, blue he senator does, dude. The big fat go. one. Looks the same as the other guy. <laughs> that, twilight, the same. that Twilight looks like a Twilight? I mean, it's That's weird. That fat, weird. fat Twilight looks like this other fat Twilight. Oh, huh. That's convenient. Hi, TJ's a person who likes Star Wars, and I'm an expert. <laughs> or not. Self-talk. Uh, and we see a bunch of other ones, and, and it's I think every single Weequay species in Star Wars is named Weequay. I think so. Because we've never heard them call any of the uh, Cobb Vanth calls his buddy bartender Buddy Weequay, uh, and the the action figure that came out for the character is Weequay, huh? Return of the Jedi was named Weequay, and so he's a Weequay, blah blah blah. And also we hear some blaster bolts. We see some Gamorians go down. Yeah. Uh, and they're the P ninety X Gamorians with the thin legs. Yep. Mm. And <laughs> they get blown away. And who do we see? Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks coming down the stairs. Again. Nope, it's uh, Gorkoresh. Gorkoresh. Gorkoresh comes down the stairs. <laughs> Alive. Got it in the last episode. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I know I've missed one or two here and there. Not this one. Not this one. All three today. Nailed it. <laughs> and we uh, Fennec Shand and at first uh, somebody said oh it's Boba Fett and I'm like no I know that skirt yeah that's Fennec it's those red that's oh man her outfit is amazing it's by awesome mm-hmm. I like I'm sitting there I'm like honey you should have that as your costume because that's awesome yeah <laughs> for a night's Halloween so that'd be cool. great I'll be Boba Fett with the belly <laughs> you can be Fennec Shand and I'll dress all the kids as different people from the Mandalorian. There you go. Sound perfect to me. Sound perfect to me. She takes them all out, but, even the weak way. Oh, she takes everybody. And then, uh, uh, for some reason, Bed Fortuna thought it was a requirement that you have a blue Twilight dancer as, as a slave. As a slave, yeah. Chain well, it's in the job and, description. Uh, it's in the job description. It's a part of the Jabba's Palace contract. Oh, uh, there we go. Yeah. We didn't know Jabba had a lease. Mm. So, <laughs> so, she, so then she sees the Twi'lek, is the last one there. And I say Twi'lek and Twi'lek interchangeably because the Star Wars vowels don't matter. And so uh, she... F- Han and Han. Just saying. Han and Han. Al- Alderaan. <laughs> uh, bo and Bo-Katan. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've used both. Uh, I've heard of both I've ways. i both. So, Twi'lek, uh, So she whatever. blasts the chain of the Twi'lek and uh, does the head There's nod. The head, uh, That's a thing. That's a thing split. in Star Wars. Yeah. There's a head nod Just all the time. Split. Get out of Twitch. And uh, she takes off. So we, we, we definitely see that some different things are happening. And uh, then after Fennec has cleared the way for the boss. And, well, first off, she stands on the place you don't stand. I know! Which, that's yeah. what I saw. It's like, don't stand there. That's not safe. Ladima said the exact same thing. She's like, don't stand there. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's the not safe Don't you see the handles of his chair? They are mm-hmm. rancors. <laughs> Don't, st- uh, don't, don't stand there. I did not notice that detail. I'm really? That yeah, they're rancor heads ah, in the chair. Uh, I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the big fat Twi'lek on the <laughs> throne. Dude. It's kind of hard to miss. It's hard to miss, but I'm soaking in the details. He's got a staff thing or something. Uh, and then uh, Big Boba comes down the stairs, and my wife is like, don't stand there. I'm like, well, she doesn't know. Boba does. He'll be smart in the... Oh. Okay, no, Boba stands stand on the, on the trap door, too. <laughs> 
And uh, this is where oh, 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 we totally skipped over the McClunky. Oh, oh all so right, please. Wall Fennec is coming down. Uh, oh, we have to teach you what McClunky is. Yes, that that's <laughs> I've been waiting for this. So, Don't you know what that means? No. <laughs> you know, Not George yet. Lucas loves messing with the original trilogy, right? Right. So he came up with the special editions, and now in the fight between Greedo and Han yes. on Tatooine, uh, Greedo shoots first. Now, okay, right in the updated in the version, updated, right, and that's why T-shirts and everything Han shot first. Yeah, you know, right. That's a big deal. So, uh, George Lucas snuck one last change in there, right when Disney bought it, and no one knew that this change existed until Disney Plus released, and, and all it. the Star Wars were out, <laughs> and people were watching like, wait a minute, right before their shootout, George Lucas added a scene of just Greedo. In his chair, in the booth, and he says, McClunky. Just out of what? nowhere. Yeah. No, no, this is seriously out of nowhere. It we're doesn't done here, have subtitles. Okay. It doesn't have an explanation of what he said. Nope. It's not no translation. He just says, McClunky. McClunky. And McClunky. Bam! Uh, what? We have no idea. No so, idea. As upset as everyone was about all the changes George Lucas made to the special editions, I've seen nothing but love and, and hilarity. Come from McClunky. All right. It's just it's, so random. It's because everybody sat there and went, he did it again. He did it. He just can't leave that scene alone. It's like crazy Uncle George changed <laughs> Star Wars time? again. <laughs> what happened in that scene, the exchange with Han and Greedo this time? <laughs> so it's become the joke, right? Okay. And so every once in a while you'll hear a Star Wars say Star Wars fan just say McClunky at some point. And I really McClunkied that one. Uh, and <laughs> and so then, like, uh, after we hear some blaster shots and some people fall down the stairs was Fennec is coming in. Uh, Bib Fortuna turns to the weak way and says, It's a McClunky. You and can it's hear not... McClunky very clearly. Oh my gosh. I turn on subtitles to see if it was in there. It's not. It doesn't It doesn't tell you. But I, after the third time, it. I was listening really close. 100% it was there. I had my headphones in, pushed in close to my ears so I couldn't hear McClunky. the screaming of my children who needed attention. And <laughs> it's like, It's a McClunky. I'm like, Yes! Yes, yes, yeah. it's totally McClunky. So I text Scott, I'm like, dude, he says McClunky. Yep. Scott's oh, like, of course fantastic. he does. I already knew that. I'm like, ah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's McClunky. So All McClunky right. is now a thing that we're going to hear in Star Wars from yeah. on, which is fantastic. so great. I'm waiting for it. McClunky. All right. That's a day full of thing to do. Oh, yeah. Boba Fett walks down the stairs, stand down there, and... Bill Fortuna's like, Boba, I heard you were dead. There are so many rumors. Bam, bam, you're dead. (laughs) Boba says nothing to him. Not a word. He doesn't say a word this entire scene. No, he doesn't. He just walks up there, muscles Bib Fortuna out of the chair, (laughs) throws him off the platform, sits down while uh, Fennec goes around back, finds some spachka. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she goes over and sits down on the arm of the chair, smells it, takes a swig. Boba's got his blaster next to him, and Boba Fett sits on the throne of Jabba the Hutt. Boba is now king of the crime. Yeah, king of the crime lords, and uh, he's in charge of all the crime in the galaxy. He's the king. Well, I heard Bifortuna didn't do that well on maintaining control. 
control, so Boba might have some work. Boba's going to get some control. <laughs> Boba's going to have some control. And, and uh, so the screen goes black, and we're like, that was cool. That was a fun little teaser, for sure. And then the words then, come up on the screen. Tanner, what are the words? The Book of Boba. Coming. Book of Boba Fett. Or is it Book yeah, of Boba Fett? Name. Oh, okay. It is his full name. Coming December 2021. And then the great debate begins. Well, it has been confirmed that it will yes. be directed by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. All right. Directed? I think so. Ooh. I saw executive producer. Point is, Dave Filoni <laughs> has his hands in it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Shut up, TJ. Just let it happen. Just, just be awed by the fact that I said John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Yes. And there's a third name attached to it, which is Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Who did Him. <laughs> the Tython Him. episode. Oh. Where Boba where Boba shine but he just shown and so I think uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau are executive producers so which means they're involved in the story making and the tone he'll say can we do this and Dave Filoni goes like "Mm," because that's a little far going back to what we were saying the reason why Boba is conveniently not on the ship is because Luke might recognize Boba and Boba would a thousand percent recognize Luke and uh and yeah. that interaction could have gone south very quickly. Yeah, because yes. uh, <laughs> Luke is kind of the reason why Boba was uh, Lost went into the Sarlacc. Uh, has scars all over his face. So that would have been bad. Yeah. And uh, Luke remembers Boba as being the one who kind of got hot into carbonite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so conveniently, he left. So conveniently, Bobo wasn't there when Luke showed up to save everyone. Nope. Can you imagine that? I, I, I know that the How It Should Have Ended, ended guy is going to be like, all right, well, guys, I'm glad I'm back now because, of course, I came back once you guys took the ship and it's like, oh, my gosh, it's you. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> you. Jedi. great. Badly. But, we didn't yeah, so they're... They're going to help supervise that one. Point is, it's coming. It's coming. Now, the great debate is that The Mandalorian Season 3 is slated to come out in December of 2021. Yeah, an extra Then they announce the book of Boba Fett coming Mm. out December 2021. The great debate raged. Is the book of Boba Fett The Mandalorian Season 3? Are they one and the same? I would say no. I prayed that it wasn't the same one. There's too much that needs to happen with Mando. Too much needs to happen to Mando. And Boba Fett is mm -hmm. on a completely different path. Well, they did. uh, Some people brought up good points. So, what if the Mandalorian, now that Din Djarin is on a different path, but what if the next one is about Boba Fett and it becomes an anthology series where it actually follows different characters for two seasons at a time and it's all part of the Mandalorian universe? And I said, that's a cool no. idea. And, and if they that's do garbage. that, I'm going to hate them. <laughs> I mean, I'll Because I want it. more yeah. Mando. Yeah, I want Din Jaren. I have very good news for you. They're separate, huh? That an artist associated with Lucasfilm, who works for Lucasfilm, and is working on Mandalorian Season 3 and The Book of Boba Fett, nice. has, has stated, though it is not confirmed, that while he cannot speak for Lucasfilm, blah, 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 legal crap. Right. Uh, the Mandalorian Season 3 
and Book of Boba Fett, he has viewed both production schedules for both series, and they are different. Good. And, uh, oh, dang it, uh, Pablo had, no, no, not Pablo had, who plays, who plays Mando? (laughs) Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Pablo Hidalgo is the story group. Head, head writer. <laughs> oh, Pedro gosh. Pascal. Pedro is the name Pascal is on is slated to be in Mandalorian. Yes. Season three. I heard that too. And Boba Fett is a hundred percent in his own world doing the book of Boba Fett. So do you think Timur Morrison is uh, gonna play Rex in uh, season three of Mando? Is he gonna be like doing two TV shows at the same time? Um. Would that make everyone extremely happy? Yeah. Then it will happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Tamor Morrison's really just like, I mean, yeah, he's just raking in the dough now. Oh, yeah. He's just like, oh, now I'm going to get my own show. Perfect. <laughs> he's probably, uh, it was good to be the clones. But now, I'm still I'm getting benefits on that. Oh yeah. yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet he still does get royalties and stuff oh, from yeah. that, from playing Django Fett. If if that was his deal, I guess. Um, mm. But holy cow, guys! Yeah, um, that. But that's it. We're done until we're done. December We've with Mandalorian. We're, and it's a full year. It's longer yeah. than we even had to wait for season. This two. is the longest we'd have to wait for the Mandalorian. Yeah, it'll be a full twelve months. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I I'm kind of excited that we'll be watching two shows at the same time that's true are that's they gonna release on the same day or you'll have a little more experience <laughs> like i have <laughs> will we get one wednesday and then one friday or like, my lunch break is only so long <laughs> <laughs> i can't watch both of them in one day um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see where things go i'm i'm okay with Grogu being gone from Mandalorian, um, but <laughs> we, uh, we we were sold a bill of goods, and that included Grogu, and now he's not there. So we'll have to see what happens. Although I did like yeah. all the other episodes where he was a minor character. Even this episode, he wasn't in it that much. No, he wasn't. No. Um, just not have to say goodbye. Uh, so that's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be exciting. So. What was the rescue? Was it Luke saving them? Was it them going to save Grogu? Or was it Grogu rescuing the Mandalorian? Oh, that's probably a little bit of Yeah, that's probably everything. <laughs> that's yeah. why it's just called the rescue. It wasn't the rescue of Grogu or yeah. the rescue of Luke. Or... Well, the I... rest of them are also only two words, right? No. Of the titles? Oh, no. Episode oh. four is called Sanctuary because someone dropped the ball. And lost their job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Whoops. well, I stand corrected. Uh, and the eighth, uh, chapter eight was also just called Redemption. Okay. But I believe every episode this season was the something. Okay. Because they realized that, why didn't we just put that in? <laughs> really? Are we paying by the letter now? You don't do the budget, Carl. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool this time we just did one word you're fired you're fired <laughs> everyone hated it but it was the fourth and eighth so I, I, I half wondered if they were going to do the same thing on mm. the fourth and eighth episodes of the season but they did not no they did not so <laughs> oh gosh well guys 
Oh. That was a big episode. That was, that was a big a, episode. Very so big much episode. in it. But it was the season for that. It was so... It was, it, it was incredibly it was full. Day. Incredibly full. It was. And we had a great time doing it. Mm-hmm. We had a great, I had a great time watching it. I think I've watched it three times now. And uh, I just love it every time. Yeah. And uh, if you ever... If you ever wondered if you could have every single Star Wars fan be happy, yeah, you can. I did it. Right you then. just do that. <laughs> yes. You just you just do it right, and you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, and now uh, John Favreau is now slated to uh, write and direct uh, the redo of Seven, Eight, and Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. And uh, Mando is going to show up. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, as well as Boba Fett and everybody else. <laughs> the son of Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. The daughter of Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. Now you're talking. Reforges his armor into female armor. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind seeing huh? a girl Boba Fett. Female Boba Fett armor. That's fair. That'd be fun. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not up for replacing every male part with a female part, but it's just different is cool. <laughs> For me. That would be cool. <laughs> it could be cool. Yeah. Maybe she paints it different. Mm. Like Sabine. But he does have a surplus of that paint, apparently. Yeah, he does. Keep that on hand. Do some little touch-ups. <laughs> every every so often. Kept his Cad Bane dent. Yeah, he did. So, it's awesome. Anyway. Oh, well, I think we're going to call it for tonight. And, thank you uh, so much for having me. Hey, thank you so much for being here, Tanner. This is awesome. Absolutely. You're in three episodes of our show. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, now we just have to decide what disappointing episode we're going to do next week. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, while the Mandalorian can keep getting bigger and bigger each week, uh, not so much for us. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's take it out, Scott, one last time for season two of The Mandalorian. Well, all right. For the finale of this season and the finale of, at least until this point, Grogu and Mando teaming up, you know, we see that he did a pretty okay job raising his kid, you know, his little nerd. But if you're having trouble raising your nerds, this is the way. That was beautiful. That was great. I love that. Good job, Scott. Very nice. Thank you.